0: Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. We are powered by Synergy IQ. Our mission is to help leaders create world-class businesses where people are safe, valued, inspired, and fulfilled. We can only do this with our amazing community. So thank you for listening.
1: Hey there, Synergizers, and welcome back to another episode of the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, and today on the show, I had the absolute pleasure to sit down with the Chief Entrepreneur of South Australia and a very successful entrepreneur in his own right, Mr. Andrew Nunn. But just a quick note, this podcast is brought to you by Synergy IQ, a leading management consulting firm in Australia who specialize in helping leaders in corporate and government organizations navigate their way through the overwhelming complexities of change while enhancing their leadership capability. Check them out at synergyiq.com.au. Also, be sure to give this podcast a like, a subscribe, and leave us a review. It helps more than you know. So back to Andrew. Andrew is co-founder and chairman and an executive director of JBS&G Australia, one of Australia's largest privately owned environmental consulting companies. Andrew also acts as a director for several companies focused on property development, private equity investments, and entertainment opportunities. In partnership with his wife, Alexandra Demos, he founded the Nun Demos Foundation, a philanthropic fund focused on supporting key social and art causes in South Australia. So Andrew was appointed early in 2021 as the South Australian Chief Entrepreneur with the role to provide high-level independent advice to the South Australian cabinet and business communities and to enable entrepreneurialism across all forms of business, industry and public sector. I must say that I geeked out a little bit on this podcast with Andrew and at times it'll probably sound like a bit of a mentor session. We discuss so many of the intricacies of being a business owner, an entrepreneur and a leader. Then you couple this with his insights and experiences along the way of how he grew and scaled his business at JBS&G. It was actually really humbling to note. Just like everyone else, he went through all the teething problems of growing a business, but maintained his position to continually treat people with respect and dignity. And he believes that enabled good things to happen. Andrew also provided some insight around what exactly does a chief entrepreneur do? And how South Australia is positioned into relation to entrepreneurship across Australia and how we have a real opportunity in growing South Australia into a startup hub with locations such as Lot 14 that then allows us to attract more and more world-class talent. We also then reflected on how important it is to give back and why he's so passionate about using his wealth and experience to give back to the community. I absolutely hung off every word in this podcast with Andrew and I know you're going to love it too. So if you'd like to check out his profile, you can find it at Andrew Nunn on LinkedIn and feel free to connect with me too, where you can find me at Daniel Franco on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. We've also had some amazing other CEOs and leaders and experts on the Creating Synergy podcast and I'd welcome you to check them out at our website, SynergyIQ.com.au or check them out at the Creating Synergy podcast on Spotify, Apple and all the other podcast outlets. Remember to like and subscribe as well. This would really help us out tremendously. Thanks in advance. Cheers. Welcome back to the Creating Synergy Podcast. My name is Daniel Franco. Today, we have the great man, Andrew Nunn, on the show. Thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me. Great opportunity.
1: Chief Entrepreneur of South Australia. It's a pretty big title. And not only not only that, but you built a very successful business in your own um, consulting business uh, before that. And obviously, everything you do in philanthropy, I can never say this word, it's philanthropy. It's a tough word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. philanthropy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough word. You're doing word. Some, some wonderful things in the world. Kudos we'll to you.
2: Thank you very much. No, we try. It's, I'll um, look, a- the Chief Entrepreneur is a great – it's a great honour to do yep. it. It's a great title. Um, but, but it's um, – oh, look, the, the ability – it's really interesting because philanthropy and the role of the Chief Entrepreneur in my vision are the same sort of thing in a way. Yeah. Um, the philanthropy, my wife and I have agreed to, through the Demos Foundation do, to give money away to a whole range of um, ventures in South Australia predominantly. Um, and, and really – and so that's sort of giving money. Uh, the, the Chief Entrepreneur is about giving time. Yeah. Giving experience, giving access to to people to, you know, it, it takes, you know, 20 years to get 20 years experience. Yeah, uh, right. And so really to be able to give that and to be able to link people and, and to use my network and my experience is really important.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant. And uh, thank you for all that you are doing. No, thank space.
2: you. No, yeah. great.
1: Just tell us your story. So where, where did it start? How did How did you become this... Business magnate and, <laughs> and, and, and expert in
2: entrepreneurship and business and all the above. Well, look, it's um, well, I it started in Victoria, so I'm a um, I'm from northern suburbs in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I'm f- number four out of five boys and um, no girls in our family uh, other than mum and um, and so realistically, we, we had a. Not a poor upbringing, but, but not a privileged upbringing either. So we, we, we worked for everything. Um, my brothers were really, really intelligent at school, as a general rule. Me, not so much. Um, but I but I had my role. My dad ran a pharmacy, and and, um, and every weekend from the age of about eight, I was in the pharmacy. Um, we always did on a Saturday morning. And my role there was very much around uh, being on the front counter, dealing with people. Yep. And, and because dad realised early that was my... One mm. of my skill sets, right, is be able to talk to people, be able to yeah, make them laugh and get involved and that sort of stuff. So, so, so I did that for about uh, oh, the best part of 10 years. And, and, and what I learned through there is how to how – to, if people are feeling sad or people are feeling happy, I, I learned how to – the best I can read faces. Um, I learned how to try and make an experience a good one for people. Mm. And, and so, so I took that into my – ultimately I became an engineer. Um, I did geotechnical engineering at RMIT um, but when we finished the recession, we had to have was on, so I couldn't find a job. There was no jobs. The only job I could find was I think fifty people applied for it was for a new thing starting out called environmental engineering. Yep. And no one knew about it was. Yep. No one knew what it was. And so no
1: one really had too much emphasis on the environment, no exactly
2: the back then exactly. So so what what happened though is is um, I had uh, I was able to climb quite quickly through the ranks because one it was a new industry and two I could speak really well to clients yeah. and so in an engineering field often that, that that personal engagement with clients is difficult for a lot of engineers yep. th- typically uh, and so that allowed me to sort of step up and, and and sort of grow through the company so I I grew quite cl- quickly through uh, the company which was called um, Camp Scott Furphy and then became called CMPSNF and then ultimately became Aegis. Yep. Um, uh, I did uh, I did a number of years uh, traveling around I I, I basically took I I took a risky approach to everything, right? So I looked at things, I went, uh, they asked me, Andrew, do you want to drive around Victoria for, you know, a year and a half cleaning up contaminated sites? I said, yeah, "Yeah, absolutely. You you know, do you you want to go live in the middle of the Gulf of Carpentaria for two years on an island called Grid Island? I said, yep, I'll do that. Uh, And so each time I did what everyone else was not not willing to, yeah. 100%. And then they asked me to come to Adelaide for a one-year deal. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh my god! I was you know, hoping I get that's the worst of the Paris, life, exactly that? right. Well, that's that's what I thought at the time, and I must have. Been, I think the first few nights I cried myself to sleep. Yeah. And what have I done? Yeah, in the middle of the sticks is fine, but Adelaide. Yeah, I know. What was re- <laughs> what was really funny was Adelaide in the late nineties. I think ninety nine. I came here, and uh, and I very much. I turned up for work the first day you know, at seven thirty, which is when I always turned yeah. up for work in Melbourne. And there was no one here. Where is everyone? Where is everyone? <laughs> and so I thought, my god, it must be a public holiday. Anyway, um, they all rock up around eight forty-five. Which at the time I thought, mate, this is crazy. Yeah. But then I. But then you start to realise this is the vibe of the place. This mm. is the way people balance work and life, and and this is what I started to fall in love with mm. with, with Adelaide. Is it, it did itself really well. Yeah. It didn't appreciate it at the time, and I didn't appreciate it at the time. But yeah. that's what it did well. Um, and so the other thing was. Coming from I, that that Victorian 12-hour-a-day work ethic, yeah. I really drove um, trying to engage with clients a lot. Mm. And so, you know, ultimately I spent uh, two or three years with that company and then I went, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. And uh, I got sick of making money for everybody else and I thought, you know what, I, I can do this now. It's time for me to make that that leap. And, and I was um, 32 when I did that. Yeah, great. And uh, and then so I started in my. Uh, I hired The exact same age
1: I was when I started. My, yeah, there you go. There you go. It's, it's the right age. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the Goldilocks. It, it
2: is the Goldilocks. Well, you've got enough experience. Um, hopefully, you've got a little bit of capital behind mm. you. Uh, uh, but but anyway, so I um, we were living in Orange Lane in Nord mm-hmm. at that stage, and um, I the other thing I knew in myself, I'm I'm a great starter. Mm-hmm. I'm not a great finisher, <laughs> right? So, so speaking we, the same language, yeah, he's right. <laughs> so, I hired um, a couple of guys at the outset and guaranteed them two years. Sorry, yeah, um, if they come with me, and yeah. we and we started on my kitchen bench yeah. in uh, in Norwood uh, with linked computers sitting around the kitchen table. Yeah, right. um, so it was pretty surreal, but but to do guarantee them that, I had to sell my house in in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So I sold my house in Melbourne. So we rolled the dice quite a bit. Anyway, so as it was, we we did really well. We we had a really client focused approach. We took a different offering because we we all worked in big companies and we thought, well, what do we do differently that makes it easier? Makes clients puts puts the client base at the center. Yeah. So we did that. Uh, Ultimately, you you meet a couple of really important people in your in your career. I met one guy, Don Field, uh, who who gave us our first remediation project. So consultants up to then did a lot of work on assessing telling you about your problem mm-hmm. and here's a report that tells you about your problem yeah and you know see if you can go find somebody else to fix it up
0: yeah
2: I wanted to get involved in fixing up yeah so I wanted to stretch the definition of consulting into potentially a little bit of contracting but I want to do the smart end of the contracting uh, in terms of building treatment systems and whatnot and yep. so we, we were one of the first to be doing that yeah wow. and so we containerized these treatment systems and then we started moving them on the sites and around sites and, and that was a really transformation mm. of the business Um, and so we did that, uh, until about, and the business grew really quickly. We had offices in Melbourne and, uh, Melbourne and Adelaide. I had about 45 people, I reckon. Um, and I I got to a point, it's actually really interesting. I got to a point where I went, I'm sort of done here. Mm. I, I, you know, we were making a lot of money. Mm. That was not the issue. Plenty of money. Um, but I'd sort of, I sort of came to the end of what I wanted to do with that business. Mm. But I didn't want to sell the business, the chase wasn 't there anymore, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was painful because yeah. I'd, had, I'd had young kids at that stage, yeah, and I just wanted to spend and I was just drawn in different and so my and my same commitment, I, as I said, I grew up in the northern suburbs of Melbourne and, and, and so all my drive up till probably my late 30s early '40s was all about how do I make enough money, mm. how do I make enough money so i don 't have to do that again, yeah and uh, and then when I got there, I went. Mm it's actually not as enjoyable as i thought it would be yeah. you know, it's not everything the grass uh, isn't so greener no so i looked long and hard at it and then we uh, and then as i said i just needed a bit of a break i think i got a bit burnt out and i got to the point no so i approached a, a company so we were in melbourne adelaide they were in sydney and perth and and, uh, and and we we had a we were in a strong financial position in that transaction but um, but we did a 50-50 deal on the basis that um, uh, that, that Andrew Lauer, CEO, who's a fantastic CEO, he he takes over the running of the day-to-day of the yeah. business, and he is. And what what I really learned through that is, there's things you're good at, yeah. and you don't have to be good at everything. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs think I've got to be, I have to be the CEO in the long term because that's yeah. that's my role. And, and yeah. I'm not sure that necessarily being an entrepreneur is is this is the best person necessarily to run a big business. Yeah, maybe, but it depends on the person. So for me, it wasn't. And so when Andrew took over the running of um, what became JBS&G, uh, and that company's, you know, 350, 400 people now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and so he's, he's built that from about where I think we were 150, 120 when we merged. And so it's a good well business. Done. So it's a great yeah. story. So
1: congratulations. Yeah. Do you do you um, do you still chair like are you the chair of the board? Yeah. Are you on the on the yeah?
2: On the so so yeah. So we have uh, so there's uh, I think six of us on the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I chair the board, um, and, and Andrew's the CEO, and he sits on the board as yeah. well. So okay. so and that company Grain, is is evolving and changing, and and, yeah. and, and 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 as good companies do. So so no, it's a really interesting, uh, and it's a great foundation business. Yeah. Um, and we've got some. Amazing people coming through with lots of different thoughts about how we take environmental to a different direction.
1: Look, I'm a I'm a firm believer in in recipes, yep. right? Like in formulas, and you know I love a good pasta blue swimmer crab. Like, so there's a formula. <laughs> we to, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. There's a formula and there's a recipe to get yep. what is quality, right? Yep. And I, I actually believe, and I know most people do, that that you know business is much of the same. So I'm really interested in your how you scaled that business, how mm-hmm. you got it to a point of being able to merge? being, you know, obviously earning some really fantastic mm-hmm. financials, being able to think about stepping back. Yep. Um, can you tell us the, some thought processes that, you know, when did you learn about leadership? When mm-hmm. did you learn about strategy? How yep. did you – I mean, was that something that you'd learned in your previous roles you know, you talked about um, not being out as a CEO, you don't have to do everything. Mm. So key hires, what yes. do they look like? So I'm really interested in just some of that that journey through that growth phase and how you managed through those some of those ups and downs. Because yeah, I can almost guarantee there was a lot of downs in there.
2: Yeah, there was. Um it's it's funny though, when when you feel like you've got a business that's growing, you feel like you got the right business. You know, mm. it's a right business for the right time. This is a great feel. Mm. You know, there's a great vibe in you yeah. and in the team. We go, okay, we got this. Now we've yeah. just got to find our next big client. Um, we, we took a view very early that, and this is one of, one of our rules, um, we needed big clients. Mm. We needed to, to deal with the bigger end of town yeah. and the work we the do. yeah. Because we needed to get paid. Yeah. Ultimately, that financial risk, because we were literally starting with not much more than enough to cover salaries for a couple of years. Yeah. And that was it. We didn't have any float. We didn't have any capacity to keep... To, to take any hits and so only big companies and so we focused on, on relationships mm. really did you know so the so people come that back to your
1: pharmacy days
2: fa- come back to the solving people's problems mm. looking them in the eye giving them the answer they want mm. and, and giving them uh, comfort that you're going to deliver what you said you were going to deliver yeah. and and for big companies i think that's what they want mm. I, th- I think it's it's hard for them often to hire smaller companies but if you look at what they're trying to achieve, that they want innovation, they want they want solutions where they're they're in the center of what the client wants, and small yeah. companies deliver that sort of thing. Big yeah. in a bigger company, and I know I, I worked in big companies, you, you sort of become a number and you just get yeah. managed through the but system. But I think this is a this is something that we put up with because we're a, a management consulting yep. firm.
1: We specialize in change, organizational change, that whole piece, change, yep. change management, essentially, and. Um, and, and, and we we work on things like workforce planning. We work on things through large digital change programs, or, or you know that sort of stuff. And um, we often come up against the big four, yeah, right? Like the, the, you know the KPMGs, the Deloitte, yep. th- and whatnot. And uh, there's a saying uh, in amongst the small owners of, of uh, um, you know consulting businesses: is no one ever got fired for hiring the big four, right? That's exactly it, right. There is a safer thing. But the way we do win business is the simple fact that, yes, our level of customer service is is extreme and we have a more robust product meaning because we're passionate about it mm. if we don't do well we don't survive yeah. <laughs> right yeah. so
2: like our backs up against the wall so we have to do well and, and every now and then you find a client who wants to help a group out correct right yeah. so well, what the other thing we did is we wanted um, our early clients to be part of our journey and mm. right? so to really feel like they were part of our yeah. journey because we said we, uh, we we've gone out on a limb here if if you don't support us, you'll end up with just the big players anyway. Yeah. So you know, give us a go. Yeah, uh, and that was basically our pitch for the first two years. Yeah. and and it worked. It worked really well. It's um, it was it was all about just getting, getting enough momentum in the business mm. that you could hire the next person and then the next person. Yeah. And that that's the thing. Um, Who were the critical uh, key hires in you in your space? Oh, look, there were. There were t- the the first two guys I started with were fantastic. Yep. Adrian Weber and um, and Nick Pannell were great. You yep. know, the, we we were a engineers great mix, engineers as well, engineers and, as yeah. well. Um, and and really focused and committed to the to the business mm-hmm. and the growth. And they love, yeah. You know, we all love that story together. We all worked pretty hard, but we all we all had different roles in the business, and we did them all well. Yeah, and, and that that was a great. Actually, that was one of the real learnings out of it. I, whether it was um, serendipitous or fortuitous or whatever the the fact that the three of us worked so well together in different stages of the business from mm. from finding to getting the the work out the door yeah. um we did it so well and, and so we So let me guess you played front end. Well I I played there <laughs> so a lot of what I did but it was funny as a, as um a, as Adrian uh, grew, particularly through the business, you know, there's clients that liked talking to him more than yeah. they like talking to me because yeah. their personalities related, yeah. which is great. So, and that that was the other change in the business when you could have multiple people reaching out to clients, mm. and clients wanted to talk to sometimes the technical guy, sometimes they wanted to talk to me, mm. the, you know, the boss. Sometimes, and, and so you've just got to be flexible enough to be able to read. It's like looking people in the eye. 100%. What what are they thinking? What do they need? Yeah, and so addressing that was the key thing um continually feeding from the bottom and not crunching from the top very very rarely did we hire anyone at a high level mm. because we wanted yeah. everyone to grow through the business yeah. and that was a view we had a longer term view of this business it wasn't going to be just a start it and flick it job yeah. and so so we we took a long-term view we were all pretty you know relatively young in those days and we all just had a go and we we're all at a stage in life where we could afford to probably just have a bit of a punt which is great right so mm. and th- this is the other thing take a risk you know, yeah. have a go because yeah. I think somebody said to me early in life that the, the, the things you regret most in life are the risks you don't take. Yeah. And I think that's right. Okay. Um, so anyway, so we went in uh, and did that. I think some of the things I got wrong, one of the things I really got wrong was I didn't invest enough in the growth of the business, mm-hmm. right? I kept hiring people, but the systems that support that I didn't do well. Yeah, so operationally, um, you're saying yeah. operationally, and yeah. so so it, it all just started to build up and up mm. and up more. And I think that's probably part of my getting burnt out in sort of 2000, sort of 14, 15. Um, it was just it was just exhausting. But yeah. were your hires around revenue producing? hundred yeah, yeah. 100. That's all we cared about. Yeah, was revenue. We we, we you know basically as as the CEO and, and effectively chair of the board. You know, I was fully billable. I mean, yeah. everybody in the business was yeah, fully billable. Okay. We we hired a I think it took us a couple of years. Probably took us three years for you even hire a receptionist. Yeah, wow. So because it was all about revenue, mm. um, and then we had a real strong focus on profitability of that revenue, so we could hire the next person and hire the next person. Because, as I said, once we thought we had a really good business offering, then it was about getting enough capital, mm. and we were com- we, we we weren't great in the concept of um, borrowing money to 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 grow. I would rather work harder, bank some money yeah. and then spend that money. Yeah. Uh, and so we had a very um, sort of bootstrap model. Mm. So we've never had any other shareholders than, than, than people within the business. Yeah. And we still to this day don't have any shareholders other than people in the business. Yeah. In fact, um, we've probably got about a... It's probably about 180 of our staff are shareholders now. Yeah, wow. Or will yeah. be by the end of the year. Excellent, like employee share. Employee all, share yeah. scheme. So we, yeah, we think brilliant. that's probably the, the, one of the best yeah. things we've done uh, in, in recent years. 100%, that's uh, great. I, I just think people these days want to work for their own company, and so they should. I think we're, it's great.
1: We're doing that exact thing as well. Absolutely, I, I think it's, it's brilliant. That's how you bring in quality talent. It, and that was going to be one of my, my main questions: is is today? Do you think that model, picking up your model, and mm-hmm. um, was I'm, I'm assuming like nineties that you yep. sort of uh, really so, scaled this? Well, no. Nah, t- uh, so O two, oh, I two's? started mine. Oh, okay, oh, two, and so yeah.
2: really, when it started to go, so it took us a couple of years. Probably by 05 to to uh, two thousand eleven was okay. our real big growth years.
1: So if you were to
2: pick up that model between you know the first 10 years
1: and yep. put it into today's society yeah where people are possibly more connected to impact and yep. purpose as yep. opposed to revenue yeah would you do anything differently would you still be focused purely on the re- or would you on the revenue side of things or would you be more interested in building a culture yeah.
2: of great performers or you know, something outside of those realms. Yeah, I think I think if you've got a longevity or a view of longevity in your business, mm-hmm. and you and you want to avoid staff churn, mm-hmm. you can't help but think of all those yeah, things. Yeah, it has um, to be part of the ecosystem, doesn't it? I mean, I it? mean in JBS and G, now we've set up a uh, philanthropic fund within the business. Yeah, yep. um, we've set up. Um, uh, we, I think we've got the most generous um, parental leave. Uh, entitlements we've got sort of you know free gym memberships and all these sort yeah, of things yeah. which is all about making the staff feel one it's their business mm-hmm. and two that the business cares about what they're doing and what yeah. they think and, their um, area, yeah. and and their health but but also and, and you know where they're going and um socially and and where they want our business to be placed mm. um so we, we, we try and avoid getting to a position whereby we take some clients and don't take other clients on the basis of political... Or, you yeah. know, we'll, we, we'll, we'll, we'll do everything that feels right. Mm. Um, but our, our game out there is to basically clean up contaminated sites, um, support the development of, of good infrastructure and, uh, and, you know, be good corporate citizens along the way. Yeah. But the most important thing, particularly going forward, it will be um, minimising your staff churn, yeah. keeping staff... And letting them grow through the business, it, treating them, yeah, treating treating them well, but treating well like it's their business, Correct. and it should be their business, and, yeah. and they should have an opportunity to grow into it. And so, you know, my longer-term view of JVSNG is that the staff share scheme will continue to grow, and as the and as the older directors sell out, mm-hmm. the staff will end up owning it yeah. more and more. So that's Brilliant. the view. That's my view of it.
1: I love it.
2: As you went through that scale period yeah. in that early phase,
1: did you was there sort of a disproportionate? Um, emphasis played on marketing and sales or was it more about quality of product i mean what how did you how did you play that that's, a, that's a
2: really good question because uh, it was sort of both yeah. um so i was very much at the front with marketing mm. you know relationships marketing selling what we were doing yeah. but having really good products that the guys were delivering mm. and so um so so we we were quite thin on the ground i, mm. I have to say we, we we um we played a lot bigger than we were yeah um but uh but, yeah, I that's think that's fundamental. That. You have to. Yeah. You know, what do they say? Fake it till you make yeah, it. Right. Um, I think that was a little bit of us. Um, but we worked damn hard to, to be able to produce a quality product. Every now and then we stuffed up. Uh, and, and, you know, what what we got good at is owning that. Yeah. Yep, we stuffed up. We, you know, um, but as a general rule, we wanted our product to be quicker, faster, smarter, cheaper mm. than our competitor. Yeah. And. Genuinely, that wasn't that hard because most of our competitors were big multinationals Mm. that, you know… Much more agile you were and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But we were also talking to our clients a lot more. Yeah. See, I I had a rule that I had to speak to most of my clients each week. Yeah. Regardless of whether they're working on their job, just to keep the discussion going, keep the engagement. Think out management pieces. Because next time they come back and they've got, I think, Uh, I I, I heard from Andrew yesterday or something. And so you just want to be front of mind. So Did you instill that with all your people though? Yeah, I, I as much as I can, but a lot of people, yeah, you know, and that's for some personalities, and not others. Yeah, you know, some people hate the concept of talking to clients; yeah. they just hate it. Some people hate the concept of talking about money. Yeah. Some hate the concept of talking about variations. Yeah, um, and so you you very much got to get horses for courses. Mm. Um, we had a, a really great technical guy, um, Richard, who's fantastic, and 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 he he was wonderful technical, but struggled with some of the financials the earlier. Yeah. yeah. And so, but he grew through that, mm. and now he's probably one of our best. And he, he's approaching retirement now, but he was one of the best guys who grew through. So he proved to me that you can teach a technical guy mm. how to become a really good sort of commercially and uh, and have a great longevity, uh, long view of the business and where it could go. So he he was great. He's been fantastic. Brilliant. What yeah. was
1: where would you say your biggest bang for buck was, like well, from an investment point of view, back into the business, or whether it's investment of time or or cash or resources? Where do you think your biggest bang for buck was from from a growth and scale point of
2: view, sustainability point of view? The the treatment plant was a a game changer for us, right? So Uh, actual asset, actually building the asset. Well, what I call that is an innovation, right? Innovation, the way of thinking,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. right? So basically, typically you give a report to, let's say, you know, uh, one of the big one of the big guys saying you've got uh, groundwater contamination here. And, and typically, you'd say, yeah, it's a problem. You need to do something about it. Here's your report. Yep. And, and I remember just thinking, for some of them, not so much for the big multinationals, but some of them thinking, geez, we could clean that up, you know. It can't be that hard. Mm. You know, just that view, it can't be that hard. Yeah. Let's have a go. Why not? So why not? Someone else has got to do it. Why yeah, can't so it so, so we hired Richard, yeah. right? The guy I was talking about before. We hired Richard. It was a real step for us because it was completely outside yeah. what we were doing. We were just... You know, sampling and writing reports on contaminated sites. Yeah, Richard, came in. We hired him on the basis we're going to build something. We're going to start treating ourselves. Mm. So that was a game changer. And then the concept to put him in a shipping container, and even ultimately putting it in solar powered shipping containers, yeah. so we don't even need um, yeah. power, um, w- was was transformational for the business. Okay. So it took us somewhere where no one else was. We're pretty much first to market. Yeah, okay. We were cheap. We were agile. We were. We, we were I wouldn't say slick in their marketing, but we were always there explaining what we were doing. Mm. Um, that, that model now, a lot of people have caught up to, to that approach, and that's great. And so we need to now reinvent. Where do we go next? Yeah. And, I, and I look at that. Um, I mean, in my mind, consulting the output is almost the same as what it was when I started 30 odd years ago. Mm. Right now, that's a problem. Mm. So we've got to rethink what the output is. Correct. Who's the audience? What are they getting? Because just writing reports and giving them is just not. I just don't think that's the that's the no, future direction. No, one
1: hundred percent. And we, we have, I have the exact same approach, and we've positioned ourselves. We're like, you know, our mission is to build capability within mm. organisations. So to to enable them through the change, but then also build the capability within, so that yeah. they can. So because so you think about change right in its own right, it, it's a journey, yep. isn't it? And it's a journey that's typically done not well because everyone's outcome focused or output focused. Yeah, money goes into the end result. Yeah. Uh, and not so much on through the path. Through yeah. the, and and so that's kind of where we really get involved is is helping people through that journey. But then while we're doing it, it's making ourselves redundant yeah. in, in the sense that we can build the capability within the team
2: and grow that skill set. But that's really important. And, and I've, I've talked about this all the time. Make yourself redundant yeah. and be confident enough in yourself to go find the next thing correct. and then make yourself redundant again. Absolutely. And if you can do that four or five times in your career, you're done.
0: Yeah, right. Correct. You're done. You'll
2: look, you'll look up. You're 50. You've done really well and you move on with your life. Agreed. And and typically
1: those um, clients, the blue chip clients that mm. we're talking about, their teams are so huge that, that, that there is another part of the organisation that needs your help as well. Right? That's true. And, so,
2: and if you can find a window into those where somebody – as I said, you, you, you usually find there's – you know, somewhere between one and 10 people in your career that just help you, mm. right? Just because whether they want to, whether they, they're just in themselves, it's the right timing. I don't know. But you just get somebody who goes, yeah, I like that. I'm going to help these guys. Mm. And and if you can get somebody to give you a chance, which some of the discussion I'll talk about in a minute as a chief entrepreneur is, is how do you get the guys who are just starting business, get them a chance, mm because once you see it and once people can see it then then off you Correct. can run yeah but it's it's very difficult it's it's difficult to be what you can't see yeah. and so it's important that we get those things out so yeah. people can see them oh I love it through your growth phase mm-hmm.
1: at uh, w- with the, with the firm did you did you place a lot of emphasis on your own personal leadership and growth or was it really just about driving Revenue and growth in that aspect. Yeah,
2: I, I, if I was being completely honest, I don't think I did that as well as I could have or should yeah. have. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why the the sort of 2000, sort of 13, 14, 15, I can't remember the time of it, but but where that transition had to happen mm. because my focus had been on growing the revenue, growing the margin, yeah. growing the people. Yep. Right. It's a consulting business, so it's sort of bumps on yep. seats times dollars per hour sort of thing. Yep. Um, and the soft things and the important things about training and growing and teaching people—I I don't think I did that well, mm. if I was being completely honest. Mm. Um, which is why ultimately, it's done so much better by my current CEO because um, he gets it. He mm. gets the the fullness of it all. Yeah. Um, I think it's—I don't think it's—I think you get it though.
1: Like just yeah. speaking i, I, to I get you, now. I get it now. Well, you, you but you do get it. But it's more the point of. Well, where does the priorities lie? Like if we're going to create a business here and we're going to build something that is sustainable and not relying on one or two clients, then we actually need to create a product that can drive that growth. Yeah. not that um, we work, in a lot, you know, from a change point of view, we do a lot in the culture space. The so yes. culture is, is hugely important. But in that early phase, it's about how do we grow and, and, and scale enough so so that we, you know, we can survive and we can get through the tough times.
2: Yeah, and it's important to be able to hand those roles down, Correct. right? Or, or hand those roles across or down or whatever it is. But it's it, it's it's important that we not we don't have to be that role because mm. the role shouldn't define the person, right? It, or the person shouldn't define the role. It should be... That role should evolve, person should evolve and things change and people move on yeah. and people move into different roles and whatnot. So I, I, I just think there's a you know, the, I, I'm not a big fan of of people changing jobs endlessly mm. because I, I think that's a that's a symptomatic of the fact that the business you're in doesn't recognize that you need to grow. Yeah. Um and, and if and if you both agree that you'd be good for this business, then then really they should be finding a way to let you grow through that business and taking a long term view of it. I, I, I often think that the the, the People that do best in the long run are the ones that have stayed, for you know, reasonable lengths of times yeah. in less businesses rather than, well, you know, jumping all over the place. That's how
1: you create trust, isn't it, really? It is. Yeah.
2: Well, it's a two-way street. In fact, yeah. we have that, you know, we have an underlying motto in our business of care and trust, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll you care for our business and our clients and we'll trust you to do the right things and we'll care about you and trust. So it's a two-way street, both yeah. of those things. You know, we, we're not over, overly monitoring everything. We're not... We, we want you to care about our business we yeah. want you to care about our clients and we'll care about you, I love it. you earlier you said uh, you said as a CEO you can't do
1: everything mm-hmm. and then but then you did talk about the, the potential burnout at the end of, of your mm. time before you step down yeah. as the as the, as the boss as the MD or CEO did you um, did you find it hard in that letting go process did you find it difficult to have others, so, so you know the Steve Jobs quote is hire great mm. people and don't get don't tell them what to do. Hire yeah. great people and get them to tell, tell you what to do. Yeah. Did, did you find that hard? Because obviously, early in that period, it's hustle, 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 grow, yes. grow, grow. Then yes. as the team grows, you're hiring these great, you know, um, these great heads and and, and heads of and, and senior leaders and whatnot. That you you then go okay, actually you're smarter yeah. than this at me. Yes, I'm just going to set the scene for you. I'm just going to you know set that strategy was that a different yeah. transition for you
2: not not really a couple of reasons one um i've always been good at realizing that people are better in fact i always <laughs> want people to be better <laughs> yeah, than me at all of these things <laughs> right so i i want to be yeah. excuse me the perfect business for Don't me be is the one smartest where person. I'm, yeah absolutely yeah. and and I, and I get made redundant as soon as possible mm. that that's that's my perfect set, uh, situation um, the other thing that happened for me on a personal level, my wife got quite sick mm. around the 2014 time. So it was sort of everything came together. I had young yeah. kids, yeah. Uh, business that was going great guns but, but difficult for me to manage. Yeah. Uh, and then my wife got quite sick. And so I'd, I'd already, I was already doing the deal uh, with, uh, with Andrew Lau to, to merge the companies. And I, I had to ring him one morning and just say, look, I can't come in. Mm. I'm, I don't know when I'm going to be able to come in, mm. or if I'm ever going to be able to come in again.
0: Yeah. And
2: he said, "I've got this," and and so there wasn't a transition problem because I just couldn't be there. Yeah. I had young yeah. kids to look after, and, and my wife, and we had other things to do. Everything's all fine. Yeah. yeah. Everything's yeah. perfect. Yeah. But but it was that. But but looking back on it, as difficult as that time was, it, it allowed Andrew just to step in and just run that business. Yeah. And yeah. so there wasn't any of those sort of transitions, which which is actually a really good thing in a way. Well kudos to having the trust
1: with Andrew in the in the yeah. sense that you, you knew that he was gonna take it on and, and make it work. Yeah, and, and as I
2: said, I, I think that truncated the the, the, the um uh, aggregation of those businesses really quickly. Yeah. Because um, Everybody just got in and did what they had to do, mm. because you know, and I was there, and then all of a sudden I wasn't, mm. and so so we just had to move on with the the belief of the of the vision of where we were going, yeah, and that was really good. And and to be honest, we've sort of tried that in in post mergers the companies has done mm. is to really move the the CEO of that company out so that we're not having conflicting CEOs because it's 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 just very difficult. Yeah,
1: how long did that process take? Or how long were um, you get lost for? I was
2: off for. Uh, I was off for probably two years, a year and a half. Yeah, wow. So, good, so it was a long good. it was a long period. So Alex is all fine. Yeah, here. she's yeah. great. Yeah. Um but, but we looked at it and we just went, um, and when I came back, I came back in a completely different role. Yeah. A different mindset. How do Correct. we grow the business? Sort of a more of a, a an overarching sort of chairman y role looking at how we get connections in, how do we grow the business into yeah. different key areas. So um, and as I said, Andrew's um, is such a great CEO that he just has – he has an empathy but he has a really strong technical focus and he also has a really good business acumen. So he's actually the, yeah. the perfect CEO.
1: Yeah, that which is kind of what you want, right? You've gone through the growth phase. Yeah. And then you
2: hand over to someone to yeah. to continue some growth but yeah. more about sustainability. And so the battle is always – so who's the next Andrew Lau? Who's the next one we yeah. can find to sort of come through the business and that sort of thing?
1: One of the most difficult things in business is to keep the cost base down. Mm-hmm. Where you think about cost base? Just continually goes yeah. up as you grow. How did you manage that part of the business? Was it something that you played a lot of emphasis on, or, or was it just, you know, generate more sales and we can cover our costs? Yeah, that's
2: that's where my my view is always revenue, yeah. revenue, revenue, revenue. Yeah, no, let, let's not waste money. Yeah, you know, so we 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 never spent big flashy offices. Mm-hmm. We we did everything on the not the cheap, but um, but we didn't waste a lot of money on ourselves, yeah. right? So we didn't have a lot of support staff. We didn't have uh, we didn't have the, the best cars. We didn't have the best of anything. Yeah. But the products, the, all our money went into building our containers, mm. which were perfect. Yeah. And so when the, what the client saw was mm. the perfect product, mm-hmm. right? So so that's what we put our effort into. We sort of made do in the back room to keep the cost down, but the focus for me was always just revenue. Yeah. You know, the back end looks after itself if I can get enough revenue through Zero the door. Um, and, and again, that works for a while, but you ultimately need to then put the systems in place where you manage the back end. You manage that and you can scale that. Yeah. And again, the, as I said, the thing I didn't do well is just putting the you know the electronic systems in place to manage a group. I think I think you can get to probably 20 or so and you can you can make it work. But yeah. when you get to 30, 40 or 50, you, you really need systems that are that allow you to scale. Yeah. And allow you to scale quickly. Because they're hard to in a business that's rapidly growing, it's very hard to retrofit systems. You really mm. want to be in front of the game with that would yeah. be my advice. So it's having that foresight though is the on oh, backing the, yourself. Yeah. 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 So so I, I think I I I a bit, a bit all open here, but I but I look <laughs> at it and I go, I if I had to turned my head quicker to where we were going and mm-hmm. where the potential where we could go I would have put the systems in earlier, but mm. it, was, it was just sort of happening. And, yeah. and you, you sometimes you've got to learn to just lift your head and, and look for where you're going because yeah. sometimes you do get lost in See the forest in from the trees. Yeah, right. I, I, in the chief entrepreneur role, I often talk to, um, and I did on Saturday night, talk to some um, some entrepreneurs about it's important to remain focused as to why you did what you wanted to do. You started mm. your business and you started for a reason. Mm. And often clients and things around you drag you in different directions. Mm. You, every now and then you've got to look up and make sure you're still heading in the direction yeah. you wanted to go. Because otherwise you get lost. Because I wanted to go there. Now I'm over here, mm. and how do I get back to back on chat on yeah. track? So it's it's always good, and that's where boards are good. That's where external um, advisors are good. You know, somebody or mentors. Yeah, I, I've always been a big one for mentors. Like, yeah, I'm the same. Just to just have someone to have a quick chat to. Absolutely. Did,
1: kind of flies in the face of, of what Richard Branson or, you know, mm. one of the world's best entrepreneurs would do is, you know, say yes to everything figure mm. it out along the way. I, I absolutely understand what did you start the business for, what is the purpose and keep driving, making sure you're heading off in the same direction. Mm. But the true entrepreneur spirit is to take those, you know, lefts and rights as the market needs and
2: requires. 100%. percent, yeah. and, and they're not necessarily um, a complete juxtaposition. I mean, the, the market is where the market's going Correct. and that's where the business is. Yeah. But just make sure it hasn't taken you completely away yeah. from what you you're believe not going in. Because yeah. well, you, know, you know, you might have done something for a you know, part partly social, partly lifestyle, partly um, uh, you know, technical reason and you end up out here because the money's driven you out here. And yeah. you've sort of lost those foundational yeah. things. So it's just it's just to keep to, to keep the balance in it, it yeah,
1: well, when you're passionate about something. It, it's less of a grind,
2: isn't it? Oh, it is. Well, that's say you never work a day in your life, yeah. but but it's but yeah, it's that, that's a really good point though. You, you you are driven by the market inherently, but it's also make sure that pack doesn't draw you back because you innovated to get there. Yeah, make sure they don't pull you back. Keep mm. keep your innovation going. Keep thinking about new ways of delivering what you're trying to do. Yeah. So say I'm a, a entrepreneur
1: starting off a business. You said you speak to. Um, a whole bunch of in, in your role, and we yeah. will get more into the chief entrepreneur role. But yeah. say I am a, an entrepreneur starting out, I mean year
2: one. What's some? What's that early advice that you that you give? Um, I think surround yourself some really good people, whether they're working for you or not. Just make sure you've got some good people around yeah. you. Um, That's that mentor type. Yeah, it it is. And, and hire and good stuff. people, yeah, and okay. hire really good people. Yeah, I mean I, I I'm more I'd be more inclined now to hire good people. Early in the business yep. and make it work because good people bring work for a start. Yeah, um, good people deliver products that you're proud of and that you know clients will come back for. So, so, yeah. Uh, How do
1: you know, ha, ha, oh, ha ha overcome the problem of chicken and egg though, right? Like, because you hire great people that cost money. If I don't have the yeah. money to hire, and and so there's always the element of, uh, you know, do I take the risk? Do yeah. I take the risk and 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 wear the brunt of not being able to pay myself. <laughs> yeah. Because wow. like... Yeah, it's my, a big issue. Yeah. My example is I, I've never received a dollar. I've never received a dollar from an, from an outside investor yeah. in growing this business. Yep. I mean, yeah, We've built it to a multi-million dollar business. But yes. it, 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 there's still... I'm still going through that dilemma, yes. right? Still to this day. When do you take
2: money? Correct. Ha- yeah. yeah. That, well, I think you... Personal view, you've got to get in the discipline of taking some money. Yeah. You've got to get in that discipline. It's almost mm. budgeting for it. Because yeah. otherwise you're at risk of something changing, everything sort of stopping and you're going, oh my God, hold on, I've done all that work and I've got nothing for it. So you've got to keep, you've got to get the discipline of taking money out in my view and putting it away and completely away from the business. And if that means, you know, sort of a friends and family foundation and funds coming in, Mm -hmm. that's okay Mm -hmm. if that's what it takes. The other thing is, I'm not a, a lot of people want to hold all the equity in their business, right? I, I, I I think a smaller part of a much bigger pie is a much better way to go. Yeah. Um, I think uh, early stage entrepreneurship, if you can get people to believe in the vision, and believe in the direction, and will back it with mm. some sweat equity, yeah, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, because there's nothing better than having a whole heap of group of hungry people trying to build a business that they all own. Yeah, right. So, so um, owning it all yourself, I, I think in my mind it means it means less. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think growing a business is a team sport. Yeah, and it's more fun as a team sport in fact every investment i do now every investment with that is doubt. with people
1: I think we're, so Given the circumstance that I'm in at mm. the moment that I find myself is that we've built the business to a point where someone buying in, it's mm. probably a little bit too expensive for them to buy in, right? So especially some of the key quality maybe people, unless they want to take out a loan or whatever it might be. Or
2: unless you want to merge with somebody, another, well, another that, business and then scale it a bit. Scale that way, but yeah. S- but, but do it with somebody about your size <laughs> yeah. in a different market mm-hmm. that adds to the value and then you end up with a business partner that you've got a line of views but yeah. in different areas. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what we did. And that kicked JBS uh, – what, what my company was called then was Soil and Groundwater S&G. Yep. And when we did a deal with JBS and became JBS and G, <laughs> very innovative yeah. name, yeah. Um, we, um, w- we, we did very much that. We, we took one plus one. We off, in fact, we talked about the board at the time. One plus one equals three. That's yeah. the game, Yeah. right? Yeah. Together oh. we're much better than apart. Yeah. And, and so that's why we structured it that way. And that's, that's probably advice – I give people now is look for a merge partner mm. who's got vision similar to yours mm-hmm. in a different market that's, that's um, uh, that's a, a direct adjacent mm-hmm. that you can scale from mm-hmm. because it all, you know, it all takes time.
1: Yeah, it does. And, and so at anyway, what, at what point does that become the place? Cause I have a business partner now, yep. so it's not just me. I have yep. a business partner at um, 50%, you know, but the, what, at what point does that become? Is there a revenue number that you look for? Is there no. a people number? Or is there, a, you know, if you are looking to merge?
2: My, my gut feel is you probably all know. Yeah. You know, yeah. It'll wake you up at three in the morning. Yeah. That's what I do. I trust my gut. My if, if I wake up at three in the morning either happy or concerned, Yeah, then I make decisions on that basis yeah, because yeah. my subconscious has been working through the night yeah. on it. And, and, and I know, you know, I knew that, the merger with JBS was the right thing to do for yep. me at that time. Yeah, brilliant. Um, because I knew I could see no other clear way out. It's it's funny you say
1: that because a couple of years back, Michelle and I—Michelle was my business partner—we yep. made a decision that you know didn't quite work out. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a a conversation with her after, and we made a pact to each other there and then. Because mm. you know, before we made that decision, we both had this gut feel. And the gut feel wasn't the right decision, but we still went ahead with it anyway. And you know, well, you learn okay. you learn from your mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. But we actually made a pact from there on, uh, there and after. From now on, our gut feel will be tabled. Like yes. our gut feel will be talked about, yeah. And discussed, yeah, <laughs> and understood before and we don't make, make any decisions, decisions in a rush. Yeah, correct. not those sort
2: of important yeah, ones in a I rush, assume. right? I I take the time because they're really important growth decisions. Taking on. External equity to support growth is fine in some cases. You just got to make sure the people you're getting the equity from are aligned with yeah. your view and vision, uh, and timing. Yeah. You know, in terms of patient risk capital out there, it, in, in South Australia, particularly, there's not as en- enough as there needs to be. Mm. People willing to take a longer term punt on something, Agreed. and and just to wait for a return rather than expecting their seven percent tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yep. And so, until we can build a maturity in the ecosystem that that is a legitimate business investment, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of you know uh, exits that have um, that have supported that as an initiative, then I think we just you know you need, we'll need to look at different ways of getting capital. Mm. But but yeah, I, look, as I said, I I don't mind selling. Equity to somebody who's going to help me grow equity. Yeah, selling equity for the sake of just getting some cash through the door. Some people have to do it. That's fine. Yeah, but I'd rather be aligned with um, with another group. Yep. and then grow together yep. to a bigger thing. That's but that's my yeah, view. But I'm, but the, and that's not for everybody. But no, that's just for yeah, hundred
1: percent. I love your um, your point on on the investment. Though no, it's about making sure that we're investing for the long term. We had uh, on a previous podcast, like one or two episodes ago, we had a guy by the name of Nicky Skebak mm-hmm. on the show. I'm not sure if you have ever heard of him. He is the uh, founder of Blackbird Ventures. There? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So they yep. um, they uh, invested in Canva yeah. many many years ago. Yeah. Two hundred fifty thousand dollar investment. That's, well done, you. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. made them. Uh, uh, handsomely handsomely rich yes uh, they also invested in Culture Amp and Safety Culture some of these other uh, online programs as yes. well so they've done this tremendous stuff Happy Co is another one that they've invested yeah. in which Jindo Lee we've yeah. had him on Jindo. the show he's as well. great great guy Jindo love Jindo absolute superstar yes but but Nick, my point is, Nikki's um, Nikki's philosophy is invest in the hungry, not proven. Yeah, 100%. right. Like, and he actually uses that's his motto. Mm. Is I, I, you know, yes, you can be, you can have um, delivered and built business and you know made millions of dollars in that business. I'm not so concerned about that because you mm. might not be hungry anymore. Yes. you might not be passionate about you doing, and that's where the investment comes in. And if you actually have a good quality product that I believe can scale, and you're hungry, then. 50%, if not more, goes of my investment goes into the fact that you are hungry. And it was, uh, it was pretty profound.
2: And I think the other thing is you, you've got to keep innovating in your business. You know, our business, well, collectively, I think, uh, you know, we're 20-odd, 30 years old as our business, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think you've got to continue to always push the boundary of innovation. Yeah. Where do we go now? Yeah. Allocate some monies, allocate some people's times where does this industry go where else can we take it and and really make sure that gets a seat at the board because you really want to keep driving that because otherwise Somebody will come up. The hungry will come and get yeah. you. So it's really important that we get enough hungry people in our organisation. And it's really important that the, the, the same people don't always make all the decisions all the time. So yeah. you need to keep promoting young people. I mean, we have, we have shareholders in our business that have been in the business three months mm. because we just see the young, hungry, they're going to drive it. Yeah. So w- we want them in. Do you use the shareholding to attract people? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Great. So, so we've
1: gone. I'm year one of my of my entrepreneurship. Now what? I'm year four or five. Yep. What is there a different advice that you would give at that point?
2: Well, it depends on the scale of your business, but yeah, absolutely. It's um. So now you're a, now you're a maturing business. So mm-hmm. what what's your differentiator? Mm. What, what's what's your, It's that SWOT analysis at that yep. point, right? What, yep. where, how can I can I scale this thing further yep. quicker? because I'm four years in now, yeah. so or four or five years in. Yeah. So, There's a bit of brand so I, there. I've got brand, I've got recognition. Got, okay, so yep. where's my markets? Yep. Where's my clients? Where, where's, where are the where are the ones that I haven't thought of? How do I expand to ones that I'd love to get to, but I'm not sure how I get there? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, how do I gain the stage? How do I innovate my business? Who's around me that are doing things differently mm. in my space that will possibly take my market?
1: Yeah.
2: And, and understand that market. Yeah. Because that's... That's a riskiest position, right? So you put five years in, so you're invested. Yeah. Yeah? You're all in. Yeah, you're right? all in. And you probably haven't mm. got a huge amount of rewards at, at that point in time, Correct. right? You're just starting to build some genuine equity in, in a business. Mm-hmm. So now is where I'd be thinking, how do I scale this thing quickly? Mm. Now I've got something to sell. Mm. The business itself has got an equity value in it. Mm. So how do I use that equity? Do I use that by putting my equity to go back to it? Do I use my equity with another person's equity, put them together and then we have much bigger business in different states and different marketplaces and then we can scale? Mm. That's yeah. – because the thing is it takes time. Yeah. You know, even even if you're in your 20s and you're, in your, you know, 10 years in, well, you're gone your 20s to your mid-20s, mid mid-30s. And then there's different things in your lives too. Yeah. So this is the other thing. People forget I almost got to have kids um, because you get so lost in the business. But, yeah. you, but then you've got kids and those things and you want to spend time and all this yeah. stuff takes time. And so you've got to work out what can I do to get my business where I want it to be, generating a good income, generating growth, generating opportunity. Mm. But also I need to do all these other things that I need to do in a personal level as well. Mm-hmm. Because working 60 hours in a business when you've got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old doesn't work no doesn't work long term no so so and and that's fine then you have different drivers in 20s 30s 40s 50s and i'm learning the 50s drivers now and that's great but there's things i would have done differently in the 30s if i if i if i had known but um, but as I said, you know, we almost forgot to have kids yeah. uh, because you just get so locked up in the business and where you're going. Did you have kids during the, the growth phase? Yeah, so I started business in 02. We had kids in 04 and 06.
1: Yeah, so pretty much straight into it. So
2: it's just like, oh, my God. Um, but, but that's great. Um, but it, it, it is... It is how you 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 know you you play. You, know, you don't want to overplay in your life, but also you've got to think about though. There are just realities Without of doubt. life. I've got uh, a ten and an eight year
1: old, two girls, and I'm obsessed with all, with their sport at the moment. Yes. But my whole life seems consumed with it that I feel like I've never missed i I've actually I've missed one basketball game. That right. was in Melbourne. That uh, that, that well, you've that, done well that, then. Well done. Yeah, but one basketball game, and I still. But then. That basketball game, my wife um, had me on uh, Great. FaceTime, so, or whatever, there anyway. so I was so, still yeah. watching it. But see, that's the beauty of it—you're
2: yeah. te- a team doing it too, right? Yeah, so that's correct. beautiful. Yeah, but it, but but, it is important. But, that, but that's the thing, though. So five years out, you, you, if you go another five, so you're ten years into the business. Yeah. Where do I really need it to be in ten? Yeah, and that's the question. I'd be back. Then I'd be back solving for that. Yeah, right. At ten years, ex- ten years out, this business, I need it to be here, here, and here. Yeah, and it needs to be earning this. I need to be doing this yeah. and not that. Hmm. How do I then back solve for that? So I've got five years to get to there. Yeah, Who do I, I mean... need to put in place? Who do I need to merge with? Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to get as clients? Where hmm. do I need to be positioned? And I back solve and then I'd start working a plan.
1: It's funny because you, you, I've never – because I've done that, right? Hmm. We're, we're, I'm exa- Going through the exact phase of the moment of yeah. understanding what the next three years looks like, not so much the five but the three. Um, and – The merger idea has never sort of crossed my head because, or my mind because I've always just assumed that I could do it myself. I've assumed that I could grow. And you probably can. Yeah, I've assumed that there's enough market there that I could do it with the right people in the team. Is that? Probably can. But the thing is. Depends
2: on the scale and size. Well, also, but then what's the exit? Yeah. You know, If you've done it all yourself, what's the exit? Yeah. You sell it? You, well, when you, I say you, you, myself, I do it myself, I mean as a team. No, but I mean as as a team. So, so how do you get out of the business? Mm. You know, so I, and that's fine. But I, you know, I look at it, you know, as a as a working as in yeah, working, as a working. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so how do I get some freedom from the business while not having to? Put of time and effort into it. Yeah, or find get a other ways because there's less time. Being because invested. that's the thing you want. As you get older in the business, you want to be pr- hopefully working a little bit less mm. and also getting a decent return out of it because yeah. you put so much of the upfront yeah. to build it and right? risk and, and risk. Right. Yeah. So you need a. It's a risk return thing. So you, you just need you need partners along the journey. I think. Yep. Uh, unless your plan is build it, sell it, and then and then go to something else, right? Mm. And that's fine. And that's then and there's lots of different exits. So it, it it's 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 I always I take the view of a long term view of a business yeah. if it comes shorter that's great but but I start with the view of a long term. So you merge with a company in Sydney and Perth right mm-hmm. and Sydney uh,
1: does the, uh, the stigma of Adelaide come into play does a company in Sydney go mm, I'm not I on don't, a don't merge with my little cousin in Adelaide like you, no
2: because you know I, I, we're a, there's inherent differences in the way states work yeah. there's no doubt. But but Adelaide, through its nature, I- in JBS and G is probably the more innovative wing of our business, yep. right? So we try things here. Yeah. But that's and this is my broader point about Adelaide it is the perfect sandbox, mm. right? You want to try something, you want to throw an idea out, you want to test it in the market, mm. do it here. Yeah. It's big enough to play, but small enough not to damage a national brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so th- this is why a lot of people trial stuff here. MBN mm. trial stuff here. All, all sorts of people trial stuff yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see South Australia be even promote that. Mm. Come, come and try your ideas here. Yep. Come and try your health initiatives, and you know, digital health, and and, uh, and and you know, interesting fintechs and whatnot. Come and come and give them a go here, mm. um, because I think this is a place where you can actually, because of the degree of connectedness and the geographic proximity of people, you can actually do pretty much anything here. Yeah, check it, scale it, measure it. And then, sc- and then scale it nationally and internationally. Yeah. So I think that's one of our real strengths and I think we need to push that more. We'll go
1: more into South Australia. I'm keen to talk that. One last question on, on entrepreneurship, sure. but actually before we get into your chief mm-hmm. role. So there's a few school of thoughts and you, and you talked about an exit ex- plan mm-hmm. uh, earlier, uh, but there's, there's a few school of thoughts when, when speaking about business and sort of the two of the most popular ones are build something to sell mm-hmm. or build something that can create a passive income right which mm. is the moving away. Yeah. Um you you've obviously gone down the passive income is your what, what's your thought process around people or or pe- people to get into businesses
2: just to sell versus I mean is there Great. Yeah. Great. I mean if, and if that's your view that's fantastic right mm. you've gone in with a plan. Yep. You got a strategy, you execute the plan. Love it. Yeah. Or if you have a plan to have a long-term passive income, and somebody comes and offers you a big check, yeah, great, great, you know, well done. But always build it in a way that it could be sold. Is that that? That's always have that in your mind. Yeah. I think I think you get a better business out of that. Yeah, you know, um, you know, you, you, you've got to you've got to look at those things like if somebody wanted to run their fund, a, a, a lens across your business. How would it stand up mm. would it look good or yeah. would it look messy and, and, and difficult and you know lots of deals all over the place yeah. Um and, and so no, we, we'd have we'd had a number of people approach us over the years over the journey to buy us out and it just didn 't feel right for right. us and it wasn't the journey we wanted to go yeah on. And, and you know we get we got a great margin business with great people opportunity to innovate all the time and and just to rethink yeah. and from my perspective. You know, early 50s now, I start looking at it go, okay, well, you know, with this as a, a foundational piece, with this as a, a business I'm really proud of, what else can we do? Mm. Where else can we add value? Where else can we give back? And, and that's the broader discussion for yeah. me as to where it goes. But from an exit point of view, you know, there's lots of different exits. Yeah. As long as your exit is your planning, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. But, but, but just always remember your staff. That's the thing for me yeah. is – is if they're part of the growth, they should have a say in the, in the exit. 100%. It Is my view, but yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So moving on to the chief entrepreneur role, how does
2: one become
1: <laughs> chief entrepreneur? It's a pretty
2: good title, isn't everyone it? everyone steps back <laughs> and you go... Like, I mean, what does it mean? Uh, what does it mean? I, I think ultimately, I, I've got a better idea of it now than I did what I stepped into <laughs> it. Um, it's, it's a focal point, Yeah, I think. I think it's somebody to talk to. I think it's a... It's it's, a, it's an agri- aggregation point where people can ask questions, ask for connections, ask to work out how to work out the government systems, mm. look for where opportunities the customers might. It, it's the, 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 the role is so busy, um, it just goes to prove there's a need for it. Mm. So I, I think it's really good that we've got it. Um, I think uh, how does one become a chief entrepreneur is an excellent question. Um, <laughs> look, I, I got approached to do it um, – and I undenared a little bit to be fair, because i wasn 't sure exactly what the job entailed, yeah. and it entailed a lot more than i thought um, <laughs> but But I think, like a lot of those things, you get out of these things what you put into yeah. them once you 've made it your mind up in your head you're going you're going to um, effectively work full time volunteering for two years yeah. then your head's around how do I make the most out of that time mm. and so that's that's where my focus has been uh, Last year was very much just trying to Keep up with it, mm. and we'll get in front of it, yeah. and now and put some structure to it. Now I've got some real structure in it. I'm really comfortable about where it is going forward, yeah, and so now we, now it's working with the new government to work out what their agenda is, how I get that to work within the structure, or how I get my structure work within their agenda. How we how we do that? Yep. But we've all got the same goal, regardless of colour of government. We want to grow South Australian uh, investable companies. Uh, we, we, which really make the economy a lot more complex, a lot more robust, mm. uh, a lot more able to take a hit from one direction or another because it's a really complex economy. Yeah. That, that's that's the vision, and so to do that, you really need lots of people having a go at startups, lots of people feeling you know just to give it a go, like we said before. Mm. So I spend um, a reasonable amount of time talking to high school kids. Mm-hmm because I think that's the next generation, right? Yeah. So we have a problem. We do not have enough female founders. Mm. We do not have enough diversity in our, in our businesses mm-hmm. here, uh, in our startup businesses. So, you know, that's where that diversity, I think, is going to come from, is the high schools. And yeah. so talking to kids about, you know, a, an entrepreneurial role is a legitimate business. If you can think of, you know, it's a legitimate um, uh, employment opportunity going forward. Think of a problem, solve it. Don't overthink it, mm. you know, because you'll fi- always find a reason not to do it. Correct. You know, it's always easy to go and watch Analysis somebody else. not it? That's exactly right. So it's getting kids to think about that and then having a go. So that's a real focus. Um, but, yeah, it's um, – oh, look, I, I think there's what, – what I'd like to think is that I hopefully have got enough visibility on the role that people would want to do it and mm. then the next person that comes after me will have a, a different view of it and a different direction. But hopefully in the same framework of – ...of uh, what we're trying to do is grow it. Yeah. I I love the idea that you, you're out there chatting to
1: kids. In fact, Gabriella and I <laughs> went and did a chat with a couple of schools... Or ...with a school recently... ...because um, they're doing podcasting, funnily yeah. enough. And we went and Great. talked to them about this medium and what that meant... ...and yeah. some of the things that they could do. And it's really... It's a it's amazing seeing the light bulb sort of peeing off yeah. in, in, in there as you're going. Actually, this is something that I could do by just talking to a microphone. But... The, the uh, I've you know two daughters. I got a ten year old specifically. I'm talking about here. I always talk to her about business and yeah. you know trying to get her her mind into uh, into that world. But it it there is an age that you need to speak to them, isn't it? Hmm. Is the year 11s and 12s typically? Because I mean, what age does it become the right conversation?
2: Oh, look. To be honest, anything in my view, anything from a year eight and above. Yeah. year seven or year eight. You know, think about. Oh, I just ask questions. You know. Oh, this is a problem. Okay, is the problem okay? How will we fix that? Yeah. How? Yeah. You know, just keep thinking. If you're having a problem and your friends are having a problem with you know something, how do you fix it? Mm. And then if you if you guys are having a problem with it, more than likely most people are having a problem yeah. with it at your age. So how would you fix it? And would they buy a solution to it, or would they invest in a solution to yeah. it? And then, and so then putting it in a way that it's a bigger, it's bigger than you, it's yeah. bigger than the moment, isn't it? Well, it's also going rather than here's a problem. Yeah. Here's the solution to a problem. Yeah. Can I scale it? Yeah. Is it is it a business? Yeah. You know, and, and, and it, once you once that light bulb goes off, there's and I and I suspect it's for kids it must be enormous. You just go, Oh my god, there's so many things yeah. I could fix yeah. and do. And once they get that feeling, the other thing is that what I try and talk to them is do it in teams. Mm. Do stuff in teams. Yeah. Because one, it's it's just so much more fun on the journey. Yeah. Look, sometimes teams fall over and sometimes there's headaches and all that sort of stuff. No, no doubt. But the journey is just Safer, easier, more supported in teams, mm. and you also get a skill set that allows, gives you resilience to your ideas. Yeah. So, no, I just d- I d- look, I don't think, I think there's, I don't, I can't quote the statistic off the top of my head, but I think if you've got one parent that, um, that either runs their own business, you're, as a child, your potential to end up running your own business. He's is high. substantially yeah. higher, so it's that that issue. You can't be what you can't see. If yeah. you can see your parents running their business and you feel really good about it, yeah. it, it empowers you to yeah. be able to do it. I agree. Oh, it's just the conversation. My daughter wants to be a vet, for example, and she's like,
1: "Well, I don't. I want to go and start my own vet business." Good and on her. Yeah, like and that. So, and and so her attitude is well. Yeah, I want to be different to all the other vets, and so she's already having those conversations. Perfect. Like, okay, cool. See, see that
2: yeah. now—that's that's a society um, that you can start to feel really, really good about, yeah. and feel good about its future. Is when you know, people are pitching ideas and thinking about stuff and discussing that—that's mm. great. Yeah,
1: that's yep. great.
2: Because that, that only they'll get the world that they're growing up in. Yeah, I you know I I don't get it. No. Um, no. and and you know, I find it. know difficult and changing all the time but for them that that's that's reality that's normal yeah what does the day in the life as, as the chief look like um well, they vary. They vary a lot. It's, it's a as I said to you. It's a great role. It, it's anywhere from talking to um, premier and ministers uh, to talking to high school kids to talking to startups yeah. um, to talking, on a podcast. talking <laughs> to podcasters. <laughs> I mean, but but it's but all of it is about connection. Yeah, all of it is about engagement and getting a message yeah. through. Um, you know, every, every now and then I see something. I go, my god, this is important. You, yeah. know, you know, premier or minister or somebody or chief executive in my department, Adam Reed, who's a the legend. Yep. Yep. Um, they need to know about this mm. uh, yeah. because it's really important. Mm. It's really important the state grabs this opportunity and does something with mm. it. Um, and so that's that's one of the real beauties of the role is you get to see the front end of a lot of this stuff. Oh, that, that. And so, um, you now I'm... I'm impressed. I mean, if if everyone knew how much is actually happening, and it's hard to get the message yeah. out, but it's oh. but if you if everyone could understand it, they'd say, "My God, there's so much happening in the state."
1: Yeah, I think one thing that went through my mind last time when we caught up uh, for coffee was, uh, um, you know, you were rattling off names left, right, and centre, <laughs> and I look, I'm a people collector. Yeah. Oh, I love, <laughs> I yeah. love it. So, uh, one thing that went went through my head is, wow, the the ama- some of the amazing things that you would see, mm. and the some of the the brains that you would meet like it would it be such an inspiring
2: role but it, but it's but it's even some of the most obvious things mm. you know really simple things you know Simple. I shouldn't call them simple, but 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 what on the on the faces that look like simple solutions to a problem. Mm. You know the work that my venue's doing here in terms yeah. of you know I, cl- with, with some work with them. Yeah, yeah. great, yeah. right? So so it's, so it's things the care app um, yeah. with Nic- Nicola. Um, and yeah. What we're doing with forty two here, um, we're training kids, uh, reskilling kids in computers yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. And uh, you know if, if we could get that message out better, and that's why this podcast is great. But if we can get that message out more, what's happening here? but we 're really proud of what happens in this mm. state it is, its it's it 's really impressive, yeah, but with all that we've we 've got to keep a broad remit on what we what, what we do in this state, but also we 've got to sort of play to our strengths a bit mm. we can't i don 't think we can be everything to everybody because it just gets difficult we 've got to provide a pathway for everybody, but I think the state itself needs to specialize in some things that it, it should be best that yep. space and and cyber and those things I think mm-hmm. absolutely you know i 'm a big fan of um mineral resources yeah. I, I just think you yeah, know i think we've got 70 percent of australia's copper in the upper spencer gulf mm-hmm. i just think you know that is really important that we look at how we we have that as a key part of our future going mm-hmm. forward I, yeah, so i think extractive industries are really important i think um, getting water to places is mm-hmm. really important so and so in hydrogen is going to be a major player yeah, you know, plant-based proteins, we're just... The state is so well-placed to do so many amazing things. Mm-hmm. We've just got to make those few decisions and then really commit to them yeah. and then drive them and then I think we can be, you know, even more amazing. I was going to ask you a political
1: question but I'm now I'm wondering uh, the I Well, it was just giving you space in, in the yeah. environmental world and yes. the, um, the nuclear waste plants. Yes. Like, is that, uh, is that an area in which we think
2: South Australia should go? Look, um... Nuclear waste, taking nuclear waste is a contentious issue I, and I'm not across the science of that but I think ultimately we need to be able to manage our own waste that we generate. Yeah. I just think that's that's something we should be doing. Yeah. Um, where we best do that, um, I'd seek advice but I, but I genuinely think we should be doing that. Uh, in terms of nuclear power, mm-hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of nuclear power subject to a reality of where we sit and... Um, I think a lot of these, I think big nuclear reactors in South, in Australia are mm-hmm. probably never going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the cost to build them, the time it takes to get yeah. approval, and all that, I just can't see that ever happening. Yeah. Um, small reactors potentially yeah. subject to that. Yeah. Uh, I think that should be something we consider um, uh, because things like hydrogen, even generation hydrogen, takes an enormous amount of energy, yeah. right? So you've got to get a really that good, th- clean source of energy to create hydrogen. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's it's, it's, it's there's a, there's a reality in this discussion, uh, from you know just a greenhouse gas point of view and whatnot. That you know, I think a transition away from fossil fuels is inevitable. The faster, the better. Mm. Not at, but, but we need to be very clear about how we get a base load power supply. Yeah. Okay. cool. we'll leave that there. Yep. As as since you've been in the role, what mm-hmm.
1: what what's something that surprises you the most? Concerned you the most? And wow. got you the most excited.
2: Wow. Surprised yeah. me the most. Surprised me the most at how many people are uh, involved in the ecosystem. Mm. I mean, when I started to get a list of everyone wanted to have a chat, I thought, oh, my God, this list is, is huge. endless. Yeah. Um, which was great. So that surprised me. But what also surprised me is how many people wanted to talk because they wanted to connect. They wanted to connect to entrepreneurs. They wanted to connect to, to, to capital. So ev- everyone wants to connect. Yeah it's just that there's a lack of connection at well, the moment. There's a problem there
1: we could solve. Yeah, exactly right. So that's the game. That's the game
2: is how do, how do you get how do you make it more we need more capital in this yeah. system. There's no doubt. Yeah. And so how do we get more capital in? Both both venture capital and angel investment and patient risk capital and all these sorts of different levels of capital need to get into this system to enable it to grow because the money will always find a home.
0: Mm.
2: Right? Um we just got to uh, we, we, we've got to design that system. So so surprised me as much how how imp- how well the role was um, uh, was was liked. Um, what was the second one? How concerned you me? the what's most? What's concerned me the most? Uh, I don't think I couldn't think of anything that actually concerned me other than I'd say I'd love to see a, an enormous amount more go into talking to the kids yeah then and to as i said from year 8 up yeah i'd like to – you know the there was five entrepreneurial high schools that were um operated under the under the previous government and i think will also be running under this government which is great um which is all about um which funding with extra funding was given to do, run actually a course on entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and innovation mm-hmm. from year 7 to year 12 it was fantastic yeah. and to yeah. see these kids was literally amazing, yeah. and to see kids who would otherwise must, may have fallen through the cracks because they think differently. Yeah, and entrepreneurs often think differently. Innovators yeah. think differently. That's what they're there, it's right? the they're, Crazy ones that make a crazy, difference. The crazy, the creative <laughs> thinkers, the creative thinkers are p- people who think about things differently. Yeah,
1: well, I, that crazy comment was a yeah. Steve Jobs quote, right? No, it's the crazy one is those,
2: it's the, the misfits. It's but the, yeah. it is, mm. it is, and, and and but to sit. Mm whilst these kids were presenting to the minister and myself and, and some others <coughs> uh, in the department, just sitting there going, we should be doing more of this, yeah. right? This is what we should be doing more of yeah. and, and getting this whole level engaged in that this is their world, this is their future, and they can have a crack at it, right? Yeah. So that's – it's not concerning, but i like to see more effort into it. Um, what was the last one, sorry? Uh,
1: what, what, no. uh, what has got you the most excited?
2: <sighs> What's got the me- – when when I see the number of potential unicorns that are here <laughs> at the moment, that you know people know about some but not others, you just sit there thinking there's just there's so much opportunity for this place just to go boom. Yeah, right. I was going to ask what is the, uh, uh,
1: what are some of those unicorns? Oh, uh, you know, let's get people excited. You're, you're, well, up.
2: you look at yeah, you know, Bank just blows me away. Uh. You know, Tom Mitchell, yeah
1: have a listen to that podcast. the guys next level.
2: Well, what those guys are doing and what those guys are able to do, uh, look, the guys at prepped I think are amazing. They're, um, they're looking at a hydration mm-hmm. uh, like a sports drink, yeah. but it was developed um, years and years ago through Flinders uni because of uh, stopping uh, kids dying of dehydration in Bangladesh was a way of rehydrating the body and and so now they're using the yeah. sports yeah. um you know five cast uh, you've got um luminary you've got there's a whole range of them they just there's so many yeah. and they're young people driving these businesses um i mean i i think and one of the things we're looking at doing is how we might map this ecosystem and make it more visible <coughs> for people to see from who are outside the ecosystem because part of it is about how do we make it easier for people to invest yeah because right? all these companies are looking for capital. Not all, of them, but most of them are looking for capital. Yeah, at some point, and and so how do they get capital? How do they get access to capital? How do we get super fun cash yep. into this system? Yep. And, you know, we're meeting with people on that at the moment, and so, you know, you've got companies like fleets, and I don't know if you've seen Airspeeder, <laughs> yeah. but Airspeeder the flying cars, oh. unbelievable, That's unbelievable. Right, so yep. so these are these are game changers both state, national, and globally, significant yeah. things, right? Uh, and so we need to keep supporting them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We need to um, keep promoting them and investing in them and then letting everyone know that they could be the next one mm. and, and, and have a go. Uh, so, yeah, there's but, – but, yeah, so if we, if we can hit biotech and we can hit space and we can do cyber and, uh, you know, we can do sports drinks and, and, and whatnot, there's no limit to what we can do. Mm. It, it's just the access to the market and the capital. From a South
1: Australian point of view, you mentioned mining, defence, mm-hmm. cyber a few times mm-hmm. now. Is that is that the
2: play? Well, I think um, I think there's some of our natural when I say natural, they're they're either geological or geographic or political advantages mm-hmm. we have over other people, yep. right? And so I think they're the ones we should play for. Yeah, um, is that, as a, as is a state? That,
1: is that more from just? sort of your foundational stuff yeah. and then we can
2: trial stuff on the outside. Yeah. And, and, that's that, and that's right. And, yeah. and, and, and some businesses some businesses will go to Melbourne and Sydney because that's where the hub of their people may yeah. – you know, the nature of their business might work and that's fine. Yeah. But then some people may come from Sydney or Melbourne to Adelaide because that's the natural hub of, yeah. of, of, of this area. And, and I think that is, that is how a nation works well yeah. together. I think the le- less we talk about state boundaries, the more we talk about international boundaries, so much – more interesting for me. Agreed. I just, I just find it. We we waste so much time talking about just this stupid state stuff. Yeah. Um. If we if we had a look at aggregating our skills, aggregating our capability, aggregating our capital, um, I think we do a much better job of it. Um. Yeah, no. But there's uh, just too much stupidity in the way. But uh, hopefully we'll get our way through that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's um. Do, oh, you, do you see
1: Australia ever playing that way? Because it, it to me it seems such a logical you know if you're if you're if you're going <laughs> I, I actually use this analogy for the defense world mm. right and I've, I've asked questions of of, of um andy Keo and i've yeah. asked questions of um, jim mcdowell yeah. in nova we've had these guys on the, not necessarily on the podcast but in yeah. the future is how does the defense world sit with you in the sense that you're Effectively creating something that could harm yep. others, right? Yep. And then the idea of war in its own right mm. just blows my mind at how we could fight other human beings. Mm. So if I'm if I'm Al Qaeda yes. and you're the US, yes. and then we've got the Taliban or whatever, yes. like whatever it might be, yes, and we're lining up and we're fighting each other, yes. And this is an extreme case, but an alien race comes yeah. in from the sky.
2: So what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah.
1: We're, I guarantee you, we're looking at each other, going, right. "How do we get them?" Right? Exactly. Like it's the bigger picture. It's the bigger how picture. do we save? How do we save the human race? Right? Yeah. Not necessarily. And so, if you place that on the state to state level, it's yes. like, well, "How are we a trying to do best for Australia?" Yes. And then for the human race yes. globally, like. It, Let's not think about state to state to city to city. Yeah. We need to think of the bigger picture.
2: But like a lot of these things, it, it, well, there's a couple of things. But, but everyone wants to belong to a, a tribe or a group or a something, right? That's so, true. And that's great. So if we could make the tribe Australia rather than the tribe South Australia, New South Wales, great. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that it takes a real um, a real leadership at the, f- at the top end of somebody, you know, basically saying, look, we're going to start breaking down this stuff because it's just a – yeah, you know, it it really does get in the way of actually doing some stuff. I mm. I think if you had a look at how COVID should have gone and how mm. COVID did go, it sort of drove that 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 state wedge a lot higher it than, it, than than it should have broken it down. It did because yeah. we're it's an just, I- island nation, so yeah. we oh, sh-
1: we're not. You're allowed to travel everywhere else except for Melbourne. You know, it's just kind of <laughs> like it, well,
2: a <laughs> lot of it. So a lot of uh, yeah. Uh, look, I, I think there's a, there's an important role in politics for for all these things, but but at the end of the day. I think a broader view of, of the of the national benefit of some of this stuff would have been. Um, it would have been nice to have ended this as a, a ended the COVID thing as a as a tighter community rather yeah. than as a more divided. Yeah,
1: way. it what feels like now more than ever that WA is a completely different
2: country. Right, right. And, <laughs> and you look at that. So where's the logical conclusion <laughs> yeah, of yeah. that go? Ultimately, they need to come back into the fold, or, they, or they'll keep moving further away. So 100%. so so really, again, that's that's a leadership or a market driven situation, but where. Uh, look I, I don't know I, I I just think we're like most things we're we're, we're better together than we are apart. Mm. Uh and you're right you know it'll take something significant external mm. to drive us all together. It would be nice if we could do that through leadership rather yeah. than Well you
1: would have thought covid would have done that right? Well, but, yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh on the South Australian thing still um Adrian Temple yep. uh, you know Adrian man, yeah. yeah so Great CEO man. of um Thompson Gear Laws, he's he's been on the show before, we had a yes. great chat, yeah. Um, but he recently, and he's coming on again, and to talk about this exact topic, so he recently gave a, a, a talk at the AEDA conference, which is the Adelaide Economic um, yep. uh, Advisory, uh, so he's chair of the SA Productivity Commission, yes. so he has um, yep. a little bit of knowledge about what's happening here in South Australia, mm-hmm. as you'd expect, and so his keynote that he gave at the at this conference was pretty bleak from a mm. South Australian point of view in the sense that a we're the least most educated state in South Australia as one of the mm-hmm. one of the things that sort of jumped out at me mm. the other one was uh, the the government previously was promoting influx into South Australia mm. which is great and mm. the numbers show that mm. but if you actually break down the numbers the output Influx was people from fifties to sixties, and there was still a negative outflow of people from twenties to thirties, right? Yep. Uh, of of tens of thousands in yes. those twenties to thirties. If we're going to grow this state, become the entrepreneur state, mm-hmm. or become the the next Silicon Valley, whatever we you know whatever we want to place on that, yes. how are we going to keep those that young talent, younger talent in the state?
2: So it's, it's a it's a really important thing because I, I I look at that and. You know, I look at my daughter uh, who's doing year 12 this year. And, you know, I, th- I think it's important for them to go interstate and mm. to go internationally mm. and then to come back. Yeah. But the thing is it's about creating an environment they can come back sooner rather than 50 yeah, uh, okay. or 40. Um, but, you know, you want them to come back earlier and add value. Mm. But you need them to you, – you need – the kids to go and get experience and get an understanding, and then to see an opportunity here, yeah. right? And so, and so, creating that opportunity here is creating space for them to have a be able to to, to start their business. Yeah. Uh, enough um, people in the state to be able to. Um, to buy their services or to want their services. Um, and, and enough reason to want to live here because the lifestyle is good enough. Now, we know mm. the lifestyle is great, but it still needs to be more, right? Yeah. And we still need to... We, we, we need... No longer third most livable city. No, we well... We
1: dropped off the, off the ball. Well, again.
2: that's right. And I, I, I don't know everything behind that, but but it, it, it's, it is one of those things that you sort of look at and you go, well, you, you get... I, I, th- I think you probably get your run at those things then you yeah. drop away and then you get yeah, another yeah. run at them. And so we just got to plan our next run. Mm. But um, but yeah, we, we we need to create the environment where they come back early. and We need to have enough resources here that they can start a business and hire people and know that there's this sort of excess capacity here. And so yeah, it, it's it's I, I I also go back to play to our strengths, mm. right? So um, you you want them to come back and start the businesses that are relevant to what we're doing here and what we're a hub for, right? This should be the best place in the world to do. St- Certain things, yep. right? Well, certainly, the best place in Australia to do certain things, yep. and they're the, this is why they should come here. Um, and so, yeah, look, I, I think we just got to own what they are, mm-hmm. know what they are ourselves, and then and then promote the hell out of them.
1: Yeah, it's a long term fix, isn't it? It is.
2: I mean, none of this. See, I look at this, and we I was having this chat with the Entrepreneur Advisory Board the other day. Is is this is a this is a thirty year project? Yeah, right. So we're we're a few years into a thirty year project. Yeah, so. So, it, it, And it's a commitment to that project regardless of colour of government, mm. right, regardless of, 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 of economic situation. It's a commitment to um, – because if, if, if this doesn't if, – if we can't attract businesses to start here and, and really innovative, complex economies to grow here, then it's going to be really hard for us to build the size of community and with the size of resources and the lifestyle we want. We're just not going to be able to yeah. afford it. So we need to – the entrepreneurship the innovation the hubs that we're trying to create here are really really important for the future of this state. by my do you do you think from an attraction
1: point of view i mean adrian in his talk made the made the comment about potentially merging some of our universities right Mm. in the hope to become one of those top 100 universities that attract talent from all around the world to come here right why We've got three amazing universities, but right now they're all stealing work off each other and and, and sort of colliding and, and competing against each other. Is there an opportunity to create one or two fantastic uh, yeah, and then bring in that talent?
2: Look, I, I think I think the answer is probably yes. The um, the, the the business case for it, I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, on the face of it, it looks like it makes sense given mm-hmm. the size and, and given yeah. the the. the the size of South Australia and the size of these universities to to at least aggregate two of them, uh, and possibly three. Um, you just got to make sure you're going to get the efficiencies out of that, and you're not yeah. going to lose out of that. Yeah. Um, there's there's a healthy competition through some of these things, mm. right? And right. yes, we're stealing from each other in a way, stealing or, or competing with each other. Yeah. Um, but may but maybe that drives them further. Yeah. You know. So I think we've got to be careful about. Saying that that's the silver bullet that's going to fix, yeah, you don't want to
1: create the monopoly, especially. Well, that's any. the other trade off, right? Yeah. So,
2: so I, I think three into one is a stretch for me, mm. um, three into two, possibly yeah. there's some efficiencies there.
1: Well, you, you, I mean, your typical if you're looking from a helicopter point of view, I mean, Flinders, stays Flinders, and it's the Adelaide and UniSA that sort of join forces mm. and. Mm.
2: And an aggregation of their capability that doesn't seem like a terrible idea. No. Um, It's almost very exciting to be able to... Well, it is. (laughs) And and again, if nothing else, it would create some... um, some, some discussion around that and yeah. you know and 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 may lead a trend around uh, other parts of the country and mm. other parts of, of the globe to start looking at how we aggregate these yeah, things to, to, to do better but I mean, but yeah, as long as there's a really clear business case as to what we're going to do if when we do it, and these are the advantages of doing it, and we all know what they are yeah and great I'm supportive of it.
1: Yeah, education. I think you, you, you've meant you've hit it a few times. To me, mm. that's the most critical point. If we're going to bring people in, we've got to bring in educated people.
2: Right? Well, and, and and what Adrian says about our level of education is quite concerning. It is right? it's So, fair. and so that's that's probably the first thing to be addressed. And again, long term fix. Yeah. Right? There's there's no there's no three year silver bullet yeah, in this. Right? right? This this is this is multiple parliamentary terms, multiple commitments to the same thing. Some some of these things in my mind need to be above politics. You know, mm. education, health, and whatnot. Should, these all things should be above politics. They yeah. should just be the standard things Stanford that we do. So good. because they should be, the, you know, the importance of keeping a clear direction on where we're going with these things makes such a difference. We've done it with renewables, and we're a global leader with renewables, right? we were we we're early there, and uh, and then we've committed to it through successive governments, and and I think we're a global leader because of that. And mm-hmm. I think that's a great you know uh, example of what we can do when we when we uh, we work and we commit to a longer term goal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Off-air earlier, you mentioned um, if you can do business in South Australia, you can pretty much do business anywhere. Mm. Do you you believe that that is a
2: problem why people leave, that South Australia is a tougher market to do business in? Yeah, it it is. I mean, I had a a chat to the Entrepreneurs' Organisation on Saturday night and I I started my talk with with South Australia is a hard place to start a business. It is. And it is. Um, You know, the market's not massive um it's uh you've got just about every competitor you're going to have here mm-hmm. in a lot of those spaces mm-hmm. particularly in my sort of space so it forces you to find a differentiator mm. it, it, it really it really puts um a test of robustness of your idea re- to the to the mm. fire really quickly yeah and see and seeing you know wh- where it sits mm-hmm. a- and i think um I think if you haven't got all your things lined up, you know, your ability to market them to a client, you, your really clear vision of what it is you're doing, yeah. what your what your business case is for it, and how you're gonna and how you're gonna execute the plan. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got all that done, Adelaide's a hard place because mm-hmm. there's not enough people that are just gonna throw money at you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So having said that, if you've got all those things in place, I think you'll find enormous support yeah. and here's a perfect place to build yeah. it. Yeah. Right. But it, but it requires you to have a really clear vision of those things yeah. and, a, and, a, and a, um, a discipline to have your business ready to go. And so yes, it's, it's difficult. But if you can do it here you can, I think you can scale it anywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean we, we are still one of the, probably in, in our business, Adelaide is still probably one of the better margin parts of our business. Mm-hmm. Because we keep innovating, we keep pushing, we we keep driving that process really clear on what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. We keep pushing ourselves into new markets. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you can stay ahead of that game, you do really well.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, hopefully now with the world becoming more online, I guess, in the sense that you don't necessarily need to be in Sydney, doing work in Sydney. You can be anywhere else in the world doing work in Sydney, for example. Hopefully... um,
2: that keeps a lot of the talent here. Well, I think it does. The only concern I have with that is that we end up with a lot of talent staying here. Doing work doing for Doing work other, for, for, for interstate. Other, yeah. so, so it's good in some ways, but... but Yeah, you know, we need I, to make
1: sure that we're innovating and bringing... we got to make sure
2: they want to work here and that mm. we're doing all the things that make them want to work here. And I think any discussion with, um, with Adrian is a fantastic one because he's yeah. a super smart guy. He's done a lot of analysis of that stuff. Yep. And there seems to be a roadmap there on how we can start to fix some of these problems. They're longer term problems to fix. Yeah. But we need to start down that road.
1: Yeah. That, that conversation is definitely happening. We've got that booked in Gabs, I think with Adrian. Yeah. So that's coming up in the next, uh, in the next few weeks. Fantastic. Um, I am conscious of your time. Just sort of rounding up before we go into some quick fire questions. Uh, what does the role of chief lo- of entrepreneur look like moving forward?
2: Um, I mean from my perspective, I'd love to see um, a female founder mm-hmm. uh, as the next chief yep. I think that's, I think that's really important. Um, I think again, that can't be what you can't see thing yeah. is uh, is really important for, for a lot of the female founders and female uh, businesses starting up. Um, but just more broadly, I just think it's a different perspective and a different view. Yeah. Um, so I think Flavia would be... Uh... Fla- Flavia, <laughs> Flavia, I think Flavia's busy at the moment. Um, but but Flavia's been on the uh, Entrepreneur Advisory Board for yeah. a number of years oh, and great. she's fantastic yeah. contributor. I'd love um, to get her on if... Uh, she's fantastic. If, if I'm, 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 I've been trying, but
1: she's uh, a busy human being. She is, bu- <laughs> she is
2: busy. They're, they're doing some amazing stuff, but... Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, there, there's, there's a number of really capable female founders that we'll you know, be trying to, to get involved. Um, we'll refresh the board uh, as of June 30 and then we'll start again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll keep on our vision of wh- where we're going with that. Um, we've sort of set five pillars there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, capital, uh, education, um, ecosystem... Uh, social impact, entrepreneurship and events uh, and how and there we think if we do those five pillars really well, then the ecosystem will continue to grow and yeah. we've sort of provided advice because we're an entrepreneur advisory board, our yeah. outputted advice and we've mm-hmm. been giving advice to government in that and we'll continue to do that and continue to sort of, Try and assist government where we can to try and drive uh, drive entrepreneurship up and, and innovation up. So, so I, I look, I'm really hopeful. Mm. To be honest, I'm really yeah, hopeful. Great. My I think my time nominally ends um, sort of early next year, and uh, and and I and I think the UK system is better for for uh, the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and I think it'll just get better still. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant.
1: I it it is a fantastic idea to mix it yeah. up a bit. And yeah, obviously I think so. create some. Diversity, and like you said, as you—if uh, you can't see it. So, if we want to uh, increase the female foundership in South Australia, yeah, or I think in so. Australia, I should say, hundred oh, uh, yeah. percent.
2: So, what is the what is the future for you look like then? Uh, it's an excellent question. Um, oh look, I've been involved in a whole range of things now. So, I, I've been involved in anything from fashion to pubs to. Uh, Cafes and restaurants and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I'll continue to run entrepreneurship uh, for myself. Like uh, I'm involved with property development with a range of uh, friends, so I get involved in a whole range of things these days. I, you know, I'd like to, um, I'd like to continue to provide uh, support to the government um, mm-hmm. the, of the day uh, with my experience. If if there's roles available. Yeah, great. Um, but, yeah, look, it's been a really enjoyable time for me. Uh, it's been busy, but it's mm-hmm. been enjoyable. Yeah. And um, and now I've, I've – uh, exactly what the future holds. Um, I'll still obviously have uh, my role with JBSNG and we'll continue to grow that business. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm 52 now. So, so the next five years are really going to be an interesting period for me.
1: Well, the philanthropy stuff will,
2: will to continue to,
1: yeah. to add some impact into the world. So, I mean, kudos to you. For yeah, no, Ags we love that. Doing that.
2: Yeah. We love that. So so we're, we're the, I think, a, a, a major philanthropic sponsor for Cabaret and uh, Illuminate. And so we like to get involved in, in yeah. all the SA stuff that yeah. we can. Um, look, I sit on the AGSA uh, uh, Art Gallery of South Australia board and mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think just getting involved and giving back, I think we, we – Alex and I both really enjoy and I think we'll continue to do that. Well done. Well done. Um... All right, so some quick fire questions right. as
1: we round up the podcast. Uh, these you can elaborate and you can deep dive if you want to. I know you do have a parking meter <laughs> here too, so we'll, That's all right. we'll try to we'll, we'll run through that. What are you reading right now? We're big readers here at Creating Synergy. I'm um, reading uh,
2: Red Notice is my Red uh, Notice. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a really really good. Um, it's actually a true story about a. Um, uh, An entrepreneur oh, yeah, uh, cool. who gets blocked by the Russians. It's a, it's a fantastic story. Red Notice. It's well worth I learning. have heard. Yeah, it's I've brilliant. heard. I heard, I heard, I heard that on another fame.
1: podcast the other day actually and I, was, I put down it, it, I wrote that it, It's down. really worth reading. Yeah. It's fantastic. On to it. What's one book that you believe that sort of stands out from the crowd? Like what's one that you've gifted more <sighs> so than, than...
2: – Okay, this is one from a South Australian um, author. That is probably one of the best books I've read in a long time. Uh, it's called The Dictionary of Lost Words, yeah. and that is uh, Pip, Pip Williams, I think it is, and it was fantastic, like absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Wow. And so um, I'd implore anybody who um, uh, who uh, hasn't read it to to read the dictionary. So
1: is the premise of it, as in to enhance our vocabulary? Or? No,
2: the premise of it is when the Oxford Dictionary was being written. Yeah. um a lot of words that were particularly used by women, yeah, were left out because the men choosing what words oh, went into the wow. book. Um, okay. uh, and, and so it's basically it, it's that sort of discussion around you know, um, it, it's uh, there's another dictionary about um, women's words and uh, and and and, that, and, and uh, of, of that of that period. But it was fantastic. The book is just is brilliant. Right. It's brilliant. That. Brilliant. Do you listen to any other podcasts or anything like that? I'm not a big podcast. Uh, I got to say, um, I don't have a huge amount of time with these kids, but uh, but look, um, I did. Um, I listen to the podcasts that I actually get involved with, but I, I I don't listen to many. But I will listen to more. No, no, I, I, I I'm, I'm looking at the photos on the wall of all these um, amazing people, um, and uh, and so yeah, I'll have to um, I'll have to log back in.
1: Yeah, there's there are you, you talk about amazing businesses in South Australia? i I'd love for you to connect me with some yeah, of them so 100%. we can get on there and share their story and their journey. Um, but yeah, we've had some some superstars on this show. Yeah, it's, I can see it. It's a bit like uh, Latratoria in here. The photos. <laughs> What's
2: one lesson that's taking you the longest to learn? Uh, that I'm not the best at everything, um, and that you know, working as part of a team is actually a much m- more, not only more enjoyable, but a much more robust way of building a business. Mm. So um, I spent you know ten years doing it myself, mm. you know, largely myself, yeah. you know, putting all the weight of expectation on yeah. myself to drive this myself, and uh, and and I think whilst we got there in the end, it was at much. Um, pain that probably didn't need to be yeah. held. So no, yeah, I would go back to the formula thing
1: now, you figured out that there potentially there was that, another way that could have fast tracked it quicker.
2: Exactly right. Yeah. And so it, it is exactly right. So that that whole discussion I think is a really useful one for yeah. anyone who's uh is that you know four to five years we talked about yeah. business or you yeah, know, just you know, what's your one, three, and five year plan? Yeah. And how do you get there and then as I said, backsole for that? Yeah.
1: yeah. Look and I'll I'll echo what you said about mentoring and coaching. Mm. I have noticed since I've started, I've uh, I'm not sure if it'd be comfortable me mentioning his name, but Joel Seven. Abraham is a, is a guy, someone that I have we've pulled yep. in as part of our advisory right. board here. And I don't know if you know Joel, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, yeah he, he built the AIB with he, and his family built the AIB, did a fantastic job there. But since coming on. You know, utilizing his mm. thought process and, and and skill sets, it's definitely different I, thinking. I, well, challenges you to what he's done is, is similar to what you've done, right? Is the is the um, you've made the mistakes, you've mm. gone through it, you've so and Joel has this really fantastic way of um, of make, letting you make the mistakes by, by while sort of coercing you in the right direction. So yeah. it's the true coaching style, which I really. I learn a lot from making mistakes. Yes. More so than if you tell me what to do and I just I kind of get bored with the telling what to do. I need to get in the trenches a little bit. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's the best way to learn. Yeah. And then and, and, and therefore, I'm able to then impart some of my knowledge onto others and you know, the ecosystem and continues to grow. And that's how it grows, 100%. 100%. If you could invite three people for dinner, who
2: would they be? Oh, geez. Good one. Um, three people, and we assume your family. Is yeah, really assume they're, they're yeah, coming. Yeah. Elon Musk, yeah. I'd, I'd love to talk to. Yeah. Um, I just find him eminently, eminently fascinating. Uh, geez, who else? <sighs> who else did I really? Jeez, they got me on the go here. <laughs> um, look, Bill Clinton. I oh, got yeah. to say, um, I just think story, fa- yeah. fascinating <laughs> stories. Really, really interesting guy. Really yeah. interesting guy. And uh, I, I suspect the other one would be the Queen. And not, yeah. not that I'm, you know, I know it's a really soft answer, yeah. but yeah. Um, but she has given so much over yeah. so long. And I, I just look at the struggles she has had, difficult personal, to stay every day, yeah. but how to stay above it and how to do it. I, I just think you know, th- there's a lot of grace there. Um, you know, can I say our. Our governor here, Frances Adamson, is just the most uh, you know, amazing lady. Mm. Um, if it, people sort of read a bit more about her story, mm. she's she's truly amazing. and so so people who are able to, you know have, have an elegance and a service mm. a, and and over a long period of time. Oh, kudos, stay in the game kudos. for that long,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. A, that's that's a tough. It's a, a tough one. game. What's some of the best advice that you've ever received?
2: Uh, My dad always said to me, uh, above all else to thy own self be true. And that's probably the best thing. So I take that with me with every decision I make. So can
1: you repeat that? Above Above all all else else?
2: to thy own self be true. So in your quiet, you think if it doesn't feel right, you've got to be true to yourself. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. And, uh, you know, again, learnt that one a couple of times the hard way. It's that two in the morning, wake up, feel bad, don't do it. Yeah. You know, um, and so so that's, so I use, so that's all another way of saying sort of gut feel, but but trust your gut and trust what you know is right and wrong. Yeah. And don't do things in business that are wrong. Yeah. Because it's just too hard. No. Too hard. And, and you, you never really get your time back to fix them. Well, you, you shouldn't start business
1: um, and then keep track of all the. <laughs> potential lies that you might have told along the way and too hard. Uh, it's way too hard yeah, yeah. I, I actually learned this lesson from, from an ex-girlfriend I yeah. remember she was a uh, relatively jealous person and i was just making up stuff to try to get out of having to explain i wasn't doing anything wrong i was just like oh i couldn't be bothered with the argument and and, but by the end of it i actually forgot some of the stories that i was telling and i think and and so i actually made a a, a decision there and then i'm never going to tell a lie ever again in my life because i'm too dumb to remember it's just just way too too hard hard. And so, honesty for me has been, uh, integrity is obviously a big piece, but honesty is, is one thing I think would just set you above. It's not that difficult to be yeah. a good person.
2: No, it's not. But, and, and as I said, to yourself be true. So, you know in yourself if it's Correct. right or wrong. Yeah. And Agreed. so, don't, don't, don't query yourself on it. You know when it's right or Agreed. wrong. Agreed. Agreed. I love it. Uh, if you had a time machine, where would you go? Wow. That's great. Um, <laughs> where would I go? Look, I'd probably go forward, actually. To be yes, honest, I'd like to go yes. forward. I love people like um, you because
1: uh, I'm one of those people. But yeah. everyone goes back, and I was like, "No, no, no!" no I'd like used? to go forward. I'd, li- I'd
2: like to see where it all where it all goes in another <laughs> hundred years, two hundred yeah. years. Because I, I, you know, I have enormous faith in our ability to do good things. Mm. I, j- I think we get lost corporately on on, on short term goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're getting better. I think corporates are getting much better at taking longer term visions on things. But, but we all seem to throw a lot of effort at it late in the game. Mm. You know, I, I'd like a little more, you know, plan the work and work the plan. Um, plan what we, where we're really heading, mm-hmm. you know. And when I say one, three, five years, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's um, uh, 10, 30, 50 or, yeah. you know, 100, 300, 500. Wh- where do we want this to be? Yeah. What does it look and like? what does it look like? What do we want it to be? And let's own it. And let's yeah. design it, and let's do it, yeah. and let's then start doing the things we need to do.
1: So government is for youth mm. terms as well. That's yep. that sort of similar thing. Is that yeah. you can never, yeah. I, look, I'm pretty impressed with with the current government and what they're doing and their thought process. Yep. Um, but yeah, you really. Really want to see what that long-term vision and how do we actually set South Australia up and Australia up to become that?
2: Well, that's true, and and even federally. I mean, federally, three-year terms. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's yeah. just, it's you really can't do anything. You,
1: you're constantly just trying to
2: just hang on, get back in. <laughs> the and and first, so
1: year, th- th- first three years or first four years
2: is about getting back in, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And and so and, and unless you've really got control of both houses of parliament, you it's very hard to get a lot of yeah. things through. Mm. And so I think we're um, look. I, I think. Democracy is a fantastic thing. We just got to make sure it, it works with us to, to, yeah. to promote things. But yeah, Correct. Yeah. It might need to be rethought at <laughs> some point in time.
1: Yeah. If your house was on fire and your family and pets, everything, they're all safe, but your house was on fire and you could run back in for
2: one item, what would that item be? What would it be? It'd be my photos, I think. Yeah. I think it would be my photos. So, because um, it's funny, you, I, I don't know about you, but you collect so many photos of kids and mm. things you do, particularly yeah. with phones out, bang, 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 yeah. you know, everyone's shooting photos. And and I say to my wife, you know, in, in a couple of years when my, my younger son finishes year 12, uh, I just, I almost want to sit down and go through it all, Yeah. you know, and just remember that yeah. that the first stage of that journey yeah. because you're just, you, you're living it yeah. and you're photographing it, almost yeah. photographing it for the future. Correct. Um, I'd love to go back and live that. I'd feel um, – plus my memory is not as good as it used to be. Um, I, I'd love to go back and relive a lot of that because yeah. we did some amazing things. You know, we, we travelled a lot overseas with young kids, yeah. which is a very difficult job. Yeah. But, um, but I'd love to go back and relive that yeah. because it sort of happened in the blink of an eye mm. because there's so many other things going on. So I was yeah. talking before about the 30s and 40s. Yeah. They're busy times. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd really want to get back involved and, and, and just understand it and relive it again.
1: Yeah. There, I don't know if you there's an app. Or you can get the app on your phone, your old photos. They get uploaded to a OneDrive or Google Drive or whatever it That's might what be. That's what I need to do. And yeah, then, I need to do that. And it, it tells you this day... Last year, this day, two years ago, yes. this day, five years ago, this day, ten years ago. I love that oh, stuff.
2: I, every now and then comes up on my phone with so put into a, like a video of, of a yeah. montage of yeah. photos. Yeah. Um, I went on a wine trip back to Spain with some yeah. mates um, a couple of years ago. It might be three years ago now. And I just came up on my phone the other day and I flicked it back to all of them. Yeah. And it's just, uh, oh my God, how this good was that? Yeah. I agree. Let's, yeah, do, the, let's do more of that. I, you know, people say don't get up and check your phones
1: first thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's one thing that I do do because that reminder comes to me first thing in the morning. That's great. And I'll wake up in the morning and look at old like, past memories, pictures of my kids. I think it's like awesome. That,
2: yeah. No, I think it's awesome. Well, I, I think if anything, it puts in a bit of context the fact that one, it's not forever and two, it's always changing, mm, yeah. right? And so get on and enjoy it. Agreed. If you can't have one superhero power, what could it be? <sighs> Personally... The ability to fly. Yeah. I just think that is just that coolest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, what everyone picks that up. boring. <laughs> yeah, it's so boring. Damn, it, I hate that. I hate that. I was trying to think. Come of, on, um, I thought you were the entrepreneur I here. Think, think, <laughs> I was trying to think of read people's minds. But um, Do you remember the Shazam? Do the kids, yeah. do you remember that yeah. where they put their two rings yeah. together? They yeah. I can't remember what their superpower was. Yeah. Um, but there was a couple of those. But uh, look, I do uh, no, look, any superpower go, would be go, great. Go anything go, that Thor, fine. anything that Thor can do, I'll do. But no, that's yeah. great. Uh, some bit, a lot of people
1: say it's fly and read your, uh, and read minds. Yes, and I don't know why you would want to read anyone else's mind. No, like, I cannot I even read my own. I enough trouble with mind. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no,
2: it's uh, no, it's. Um, I, I think just that freedom, that concept of yeah. just being able to go, yeah. which is why I love Airspeeder so much because yeah. I just think that's that cool concept of just being able to go. Yeah. There's something in that though that I could hands
1: down categorically say it's above 80% of people mm. saying fly. Is that? Yeah. So there's something in that. There's
2: fr- I think there's a freedom in flight mm. um, that, uh, that everyone would just love to be able to just go somewhere. Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
1: No. I always come back with teleportation. You can go somewhere. Teleportation? I love that idea.
2: I always think it goes wrong. There's a problem. Yeah. Anyway. You end up in some random, You're space, random, random spot. Well, <laughs> they've missed a couple of cells. No. But yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway. Um, and finally, I love this one, and I hopefully,
2: hopefully you came prepared. What's your best dad joke? Oh, no, then, <laughs> best dad joke. <laughs> oh, no, God, let me think if I can think of one very quickly. Best dad joke. Um, uh, why, would, why, do you, um, why do you have a garden bed? Why do you have a garden bed? Just because. This was hilarious.
1: Anyway, sorry, I can only think of that one
2: off the top of my head. So no, I didn't no, come prepared. The apologies that for that.
1: It can go to the hall of fame. straight sorry. away. any shit joke goes straight to the hall of fame. Yeah, that's all right. Well, that's, that's top of the shit jokes. <laughs> look, thank you so much for your time today, uh, Andrew. Um, and, and look, thank you for everything that you're doing for South Australia and and obviously the businesses that you've built up. Kudos for all the work uh, that you've done there and everything that you're doing in the um, philanthropic fund that you and Alex have put together. Mm-hmm. The idea of giving back is, is one I think everyone should get onto. It's um, not done enough mm. and, and it's really amazing to hear that you are doing that and obviously with your time and with, with money. So, mm. uh, you know, thanks for everything that you're doing there.
2: Oh, look, well, thank you so much. And, and, you know, what you guys are doing with Synergy IQ here and what, what, you're, what you're creating and the platform you're providing for, for people to to talk to a whole range of people, we'll get some ideas and thoughts, I think is just fantastic. So anything I can do to help, I'm 100% can.
1: Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, that's it for us, guys. Thanks again. We oh, Sorry, one last question. Where can we follow you or check in with you
2: if oh, we want to the office of the South Australian Chief Entrepreneur yep. um, and uh, I think we're on LinkedIn and uh, I'm sure there's a Twitter and whatnot account yep. there but uh, but certainly talk to the office of the South Australian Chief Entrepreneur if anyone needs to talk to me yep. uh, and they'll arrange a time we can catch up excellent very good thanks guys we'll catch you next time thanks for
1: listening to the podcast all. you can check out the show notes if there was anything of interest to you and find out more about us at synergyiq.com.au I am going to ask, though, if you did like the podcast, it would absolutely mean the world to me if you could subscribe, rate, and review. And if you didn't like it, that's all right, too. There's no need to do anything. Take care, guys. All the best.
0: Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump on to the Synergy IQ Facebook and LinkedIn page, where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.